Introducing Royal Caribbean's newest ship, Icon of the Seas, the ultimate family vacation. The ultimate six slides, eight neighborhoods, zero compromise vacation. The ultimate never done that, can't wait to do it vacation. The ultimate chillin' by a different pool every day of the week vacation. This is the Icon of Vacations. Icon of the Seas, arriving in 2024. Book today. Come seek the Royal Caribbean. Ships Registry, Bahamas. We are New York. Bernie and Sid in the morning. Talk Radio 77. WABC. In my mind, I'm gone to Carolina. Can't you see the sunshine? Can't you just feel the moonshine? Ain't it just like a friend of mine? me from behind Yes, I'm gone to Carolina in the The great James Taylor Carolina on my mind and Carolina is on my mind because I didn't know this till uh, I came in this morning. I, I did watch a lot of those two games on Saturday night with the Number one seed, Kansas, running roughshod on my good friend Jay Wright in Villanova, moving on to tonight's championship game. And then I told everybody on Friday and Saturday, not only take North Carolina with the four and a half points, but they were going to beat Duke. Krzyzewski was not going to make it to the finals, and they did just that. That sets up tonight's championship game in New Orleans between the number one seed, Kansas, and the eight seed, North Carolina Tar Heels. And the reason why uh, I started today's show with that song and I have a vested interest in this, is that it turns out that our very own Luke Lograno, who's got a pool, a big uh, Final Four pool, I uh, I have a chance to win this tonight. At the very least, I'm going to collect $300 if North Carolina loses. But if Carolina beats Kansas tonight, I will get $1,000 cash. Is that right, Luke? That is correct. Wow. I mean, I was following this thing and enjoying it and had no idea. So now even more excitement for me. But but as exciting as that is, that does not even come close to the excitement I've got right now with my man, my partner, the great Bernie McGurk, who I miss desperately, back on the Bernie and Sid in the morning show on this Monday morning. Welcome back, Bernard. Listen to that energy. He is back, says Sid <laughs> Arthur Rosenberg. Yes, I'm back. And thank you for that nice introduction, Sydney. I'm glad you stand to, uh, you know, uh, uh, share some sort of a windfall yeah. from all of this uh, March Madness stuff. Uh, I, I thought it was all over yesterday. Coach K, he lost, right? And uh, He lost, yeah. But tonight's the big game. He lost to North Carolina. Right? In fact, he lost the last two times to North Carolina. But as you know, my beautiful wife, Danielle, spent 15 years in Charlotte, basically grew up in Charlotte, North Carolina. My father-in-law, Peter Kahn, is still there. So we go back every year. He lives just out of uh, just outside of Charlotte, and oftentimes we'll go to Asheville uh, to go to the uh, the Grove Park Inn. We love North Carolina, and Danielle grew up in the era of Michael Jordan, a huge Tar Heel fan. And we tried to convince Ava time and time again, Bernie, to go to North Carolina. She just didn't want to do it. She did apply to Duke, I believe, but nevertheless, she's not going to school there. But no, no, no. yeah, on. but Danielle's always been a big Tar Heel fan, so she's excited about tonight, and she has no idea. We stand to make a, a couple of dollars. See, it's a win-win. Win-win. If, if, well, if it goes that way. 
I mean, it could go the other way and it'd be a lose-lose. Well, but I can't lose because if Kansas wins, I get paid three hundred. If North Carolina wins, I get paid a thousand. So no matter well, what, I'm go. making money tonight. Yeah, We're no matter looking, what. We are looking very good, <laughs> very very good. Uh, yeah, it's a big sports week. Uh, of course, uh, baseball opening day this week, right? That, uh, yeah, but it's a disaster. The Mets. I know it's terrible. Terrible. Degrom is out for at least two months, and then you go, okay, that's bad enough. And we knew when he signed that hundred plus million dollar contract, well into his thirties, it was not a very good deal. But you figured, okay, he'll give us three or four Cy Young years, which he's done. It'll be all good. But now he's out for at least two months. You go, okay, we just gave Max Scherzer about a billion dollars. He'll fill that void. And now, her, and now Scherzer's got a bad hamstring, and he's got a bullpen session tomorrow, Bernie. If he's okay, he'll get the start against the Nats on opening day. If not, there is the very good possibility that both Jacob DeGrom and Max Scherzer will be out for the first series against the Nationals. And newly acquired Chris Bassett, the former Oakland A, will start opening day for the Mets. That's a disaster. It's like the same crap every single year. Yes. Same, same nonsense. I mean, you get these great uh, these uh, star marquee players. The next thing you know, they're out of this, that, the other. Uh, what's his name? Thor was out for the whole year. Jacob DeGrom again last year. Yep. Now Max Scherzer, we're all excited about it. Oh, we don't know if he's going to start. We've got to wait wait and see till tomorrow until he pitches in the bullpen. <laughs> Come on, shoot him up with a bunch of painkillers and get your ass out on the mound. <laughs> it My is God. True. The Mets especially. And then they, they give these guys a billion dollars. And, like, Lindor couldn't get a hit for about two months last year. So, but you're hey, right. hey, If Tiger Woods is out there uh, practicing at the Masters, Max Scherzer can get out on the bullpen despite a, you know, a, a, a tight hamstring or whatever the hell it is. You would think so. And you're right about Tiger. Tiger at Augusta as the Masters gets set to go. Tiger saying yesterday it'll be a game-time decision. But the consensus is if he's out there hitting balls and, and therefore the scene is going to give it a go, we'll see. That would be a remarkable story. Even better story, in fact, if Tiger plays well. So it is a huge sports week. Again, North Carolina, Kansas for all the marbles tonight. The Mets and Nationals start their season on Thursday. The Yankees and Red Sox start their season in the Bronx on Thursday. You talked about Tiger Woods at the Masters. NBA is down to about two or three regular season games. Those playoffs start uh, next weekend. So it's a great time of year for sports. And when you look at uh, the news and I just saw CNN in the left corner of my eye, Bernie, and they're actually showing video on CNN of dead bodies in the streets of Kiev. I'm not kidding you. Bro, it, I've seen it. I know it's, it's so horrible. It is brutal. So you know what? The, the sports stuff, yeah, as, as disastrous as it is for Met fans to Grom and Scherzer, doesn't even compare to what's going on in the Ukraine. But it is a very good distraction from what is still a very, very, very depressing news cycle. Uh, well, yes, definitely, uh, which is what sports is. is a nice escape, a nice relief, a, r- a nice respite from the madness that, that is the universe today. But, uh, yeah, this uh, what the Russians are doing. And how many years on this show have I been uh, uh, proclaiming that the Russians are essentially uh, a barbaric type people? How, f- how freaking long on this uh, radio show? For a long time. And they've been showing their true colors. It's really disgusting. It's gross, as a matter of fact, what's happening in the Ukraine with these Russians. Uh, they are, I mean, they, they take no prisoners. And they know it's on videotape. They don't care. So, uh, yeah, it's a good distraction. Last night you had the Grammys, too, as well. Unfortunately, nobody, there were no fights. We don't have any distractions to look uh, towards the Grammys towards, too, I should say. But they did have uh, Zelensky on last night, believe it or not, at the Grammys. They seemed... Uh, 
ill-placed, but uh, there he was at the Grammys. Well, no, he, he did the Oscars also. He, he's he's doing this. Uh, he's worse than uh, Eric Adams. I mean, oh, he's a hero, and he's yeah. in an impossible situation. He's standing up for the people. That's all great, but he is on every award show, every TV show. Give him the opportunity to be on television, and Zelensky's going to grab it. Oh, yeah, yeah, you're calling him a media whore? Is that what you're Oh, saying? my God. He's just he trying is. to save his country, bro. Come on. <laughs> yeah, please. No, I know. Please. He's, uh, he's he's all over the place, and uh, it, 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 I guess it gets to be a bit much, but now he's really complaining. He was essentially calling uh, Western leaders uh, and Joe Biden cowards. He, he suspects, he, he, suspects, he says as much over the weekend, suspects that the, uh, the West, NATO, Biden, they want Putin to have some sort of victory. They don't want the Ukrainians to actually, you know, expel the Russians from the country proper. They want this over fast, give Putin a little victory, a diplomatic off-ramp, as they've been saying. And so but he's pulling no punches. And he's calling the, essentially calling the Russians, uh, you know, just uh, uh, the animals uh, that, that they apparently are, are behaving like in the Ukraine. Him and uh, a couple of other uh, Ukrainian MPs that were out there yesterday really just lowering the boom on these Russians. And it is bad. But uh, the fight is still on, and uh, the Russians have really lost it. We've said this, you know, for a couple of weeks now. But the death and destruction to watch on TV, it's just too much. And by the way, there's a lot of death and destruction around the world. It's just not televised. This is televised. It's the only reason why we're talking about it. No, there's no question. Africa, they've got their own atrocities in Asia. All these uh, places do. I'll tell you, I came across by accident yesterday. I was... TV surfing yesterday morning, and uh, I, I went to, over to uh, CBS. I used to love the show with Charles Osgood. I don't like it nearly as much with Jane Pauley. They become completely woke, but I came across it, and they had Joe Biden's sister on. Now, for folks who don't know much about Joe Biden's sister, which I didn't, uh, they are very, very close. In fact, when Joe Biden's uh, first wife and daughter were tragically killed in that car accident, the sister moved in with Joe Biden, and she practically raised Bowen Hunter Biden. I know you know that, but most people don't. And she has run every single one of Joe Biden's campaigns since 1972. The only campaign she did not run was 2020 because she said that she was convinced that President Donald Trump would pull every stop, talk about the family, do whatever he had to do to win the election. And I'm saying to myself, are you serious? Talk about the family? Pull every stop. What president and what president's family was more maligned than Donald Trump over four years? You're trying to make Joe Biden a sympathetic figure? At the very end of the conversation, the lady goes, well, do you think your brother at 82 years old will run again? Does he, does he have the energy? And she goes, absolutely. He's got tons of energy. He's the right guy for the job. Oh, hold on a second. He's two days removed from calling his wife the vice president, after calling her the president <laughs> about 20 times. Yeah, yeah, he's confused. We know that. Uh, uh, but for her to say that, first of all, uh, as I recall, it was uh, on Air Force Two that Hunter Biden took that trip to China when they were engaged in corrupt activities. That was 2013, before Trump was even thinking about uh, making a run for the uh, presidency. So it had nothing to do with Trump. They were already engaged in the business of corruption long before Trump. And, of course, well, what is Trump going to do? I mean, he's going to try to expose it. The Republicans are going to try to expose it. So that uh, that little excuse, you know, that uh, Trump will tear them apart, to shut up. They were a bunch of uh, corrupt, uh, uh, you know, just 
a bunch of uh, selling out America. Traders is what they were doing uh, listen, to China. I, I, listen, I know that right now they're all willing to throw Hunter under the bus. They don't have a choice. At this point, the New York Times, the Washington Post, CNN have all said, yes, Miranda Devine's New York Post story, Tucker Carlson, it's all true. So they're all okay throwing Hunter the bus. But they will not, they will not include Joe Biden in the conversation. In fact, this moron Harwood at CNN last week was like, there is zero evidence, zero evidence that Joe Biden is involved. This despite the fact we've heard the term the big guy, which is Biden, 20 times. And we saw Tony Bobulinski for two nights on Fox News say flat out, I met with Joe Biden. Forget about Hunter. Forget about Uncle Jim. I met with Joe Biden to talk about where he wants the money. So zero evidence. We've got tons of evidence. But the fact is, they are willing to throw Hunter under the bus. They are stopping short at President Biden, who you can bet your ass is involved in this thing from top to bottom. And where did you hear this zero evidence uh, claim before you heard it? During the debates uh, before the 2020 election, you heard it when uh, they said 51 Intel officials say there is zero evidence that the laptop from hell is real. In fact, it's Russian disinformation. Zero evidence. So whenever you hear zero evidence from people like this, that should send up an antenna right there. They got plenty of evidence. And, yes, they're trying to uh, cover up for Joe Biden. He's the reason. This is, it's all about Joe Biden. It's not about Hunter. It's about Joe Biden and his, the family corruption and the fact that Joe Biden is compromised. And it's getting closer and closer to him. And, yes, I saw that guy at Harwood on CNN say what he said. That dude used to work for CNBC. But not everybody, uh, you know, you see some of the other uh, fake news people, they're starting to come around because they know the day of reckoning is coming. Hunter's going to get indicted. It's going to get closer and closer to uh, the imbecile in chief. And, uh, I mean, they can only hide it for so long. I think it's inevitable that Biden will be exposed, and, and they will be exposed as well. I'm not sure if that's inevitable, to be honest. But what, what is inevitable, I think, is a shellacking the Democrats are going to take in 2022. Yeah. I mean, I played audio last week from Joy Behar. Forget about Chuck Todd. I played his audio, too. He now does that every Sunday, meet the press. He, he says the Democrats are in trouble. Even Joy Behar last week said, as a progressive Democrat, my party is in big, big trouble. So the day of reckoning may not be there for Joe, but it will be there for the Democrats coming up in a couple of months. 1-800-848-WABC. 1-800-848-9222. Two great guests today, as always, on a Monday morning. Rich Lowry coming up at 740. We'll talk to gubernatorial prospect Rob Astorino coming up at 840. And the best news of all, Bernie is back. Monday morning, the team is back together. Bernie and Sid will take a short break. More of us right after this. Talk Radio 77 WABC. Back here in the Bernie and Sid show. Heard everywhere on that 77 WABC app simulcast out on Eastern Long Island, News Talk 107.1 FM. Also, you can check us out on your smart TVs, your computers at WABCradio.tv. Sorry, Miss Jackson, the Supreme Court nominee, Sydney, she will be 
it, it will come out of committee today. The, the Senate committee votes. They're going to vote to say yes. Uh, you know, she's going to you know confirm this lady to be a Supreme Court justice. Then it's going to go to the full Senate the, uh, later in the week, maybe tomorrow. But either way, more came out that this lady actually, even worse, uh, her leniency towards pedos, towards pedophiles, child pornography uh, suspects. And not as a, an attorney, as a judge. I was watching Bill Maher, and he's like conflating the issues, confusing the issue. He's talking about, you know, these people have a right to a defense. They have a right to a lawyer, legal aid lawyer, whatever it is. No, we're talking about a woman who was sentencing people. She was the judge, and she gave people, she gave vicious, vicious child pornography, uh, guilty uh, uh, people who were convicted. Uh, she gave, for example, in one case, uh, the guy, the guidelines called for 10 years, and she gave him two years, two years, two years when the guidelines called for 10 years, and he was in, in possession of some vicious a two-year-old getting raped, two-year-old getting raped. That's what he was in possession of. And she kind of – so anyway, that vote happens today, and it looks like she's going to get uh, one Republican vote. This lady, Susan Collins, this uh, this this wacko from uh, the state of Maine, I can't imagine why any Republican, or for that matter, why Joe Manchin, uh, as a Democrat, would vote for this lady. But that's what's going to happen today. That is uh, that is one of the things in the news that's, that's really disturbing you know, this is why she, uh, by the way, she didn't want to say that a woman, uh, she didn't want to give a definition of a woman because she didn't want to address the transgender, you know, the whole uh, guys, uh, biological males competing against biological women. She didn't want to give any any sucker to uh, that argument right there or have to answer any questions. The whole thing's a scam, a sham. She's a very radical woman. Another guy, another woke little weasel, uh, Sydney, is this guy, a sneaky Pete Buttigieg. Uh, gas prices, when I left here a week ago, were sky high, record high. They still are today. And this guy over the weekend, this sneaky Pete Buttigieg, who, by the way, has no problems. He's got a lot of money. He's got a nice cake job. Transportation secretary. Oh, yeah, by the way, the airlines over the weekend, the airports and the airlines, chock full of chaos. This guy's the transportation secretary. The airlines, people would cancel left and right. Bill O'Reilly was tweeting like a madman threatening class action suits against JetBlue. Apparently Bill O'Reilly's tried to go on vacation yesterday. I don't know if he made it out or not, but boy, was he pissed. Check out his Twitter feed. He was annoyed. He was, uh, you know, again, live tweeting his experience all day long. And this is uh, a sneaky Pete Buttigieg is the transportation secretary. And he's, he's the guy in charge of all this, the supply chain, everything, of course. He was the guy who was uh, out on maternity leave for about a month before anybody even knew he was missing. So that's how, uh, that's how ineffective and incompetent. This guy's worse than a Kamala Harris. But he said this over the weekend about high gas prices. Now, remember, high gas prices is, is really, really just ruining the working class, really hurting people on a daily basis. And this little uh, smug jerk, uh, Sneaky Pete, he said this. Play Cut 10 Loop, please. So less dependent on foreign oil, and that protects us from shortages at, at fuel stations. But here's the thing to remember. Even if all of the oil we use in the USA were made in the USA, the price of it is still subject to powers and dynamics outside of the USA, which means that until we achieve a form of energy independence that is based on clean energy created here at home, American citizens will still be vulnerable to wild price hikes like we're seeing right now. I mean, I just, you just, feel, I just feel the urge to punch him right in the face. 
doesn't care whatsoever about the working class, about how much it's hurting people. We got to get green energy. Otherwise, you little uh, losers, you peons, you got to get used to it. You little, uh, you cogs in the wheel, get in your truck, pay your $20 a gallon gas if it goes to that price. Pay it and shut up. That's essentially what he's saying. And then you had, uh, on, your, on your boy Chuck Todd you had Hillary Clinton. Apparently she's back. Yeah. You, uh, yeah, she's, she's, uh, she's running. There's no doubt yeah, there's about no it. there's no doubt. No doubt. There's no question about it. And she said this to uh, uh, Chuck Todd yesterday on Meet the Press. Take a listen to this. Cut 13, Lou. From my perspective, uh, President Biden is doing uh, a very good job. I think that his handling of Ukraine, uh, passing the American Rescue Package, Mm -hmm. the huge infrastructure package. I'm not quite sure what the disconnect is between the accomplishments of the administration and this Congress and the understanding of what's been done and the impact it will have on the American public and some of the, you know, the polling and the ongoing hand wringing. Ay, ay, ay. Just listening to that. It's just, it's, just, it's just horrendous. But here's the takeaway. And uh, now listen, last week, the FEC, the Federal Election uh, Commission, they fined Hillary Clinton's campaign for funding the Steele dossier. You know what the Steele dossier was, right? Golden that, showers. That was the whole basis for the Trump-Russia collusion. That's correct. The whole stinking basis for it. She funded it, and she lied about it, and she was fined last week by the fec because of it i know and chuck todd didn't see fit to ask her one question about it no not one then remember we had a national nightmare three years a special prosecutor a rigged election ended up uh, spying on the president etc etc not one question not one now listen he's come around i mean again I, i played something on friday which he did say last weekend where he said the Dems are in trouble, he broke down percentages, but he's not—he's not saved yet. He's still—he's—he's he's doing better. But Russia collusion—I I would say that when the mayor of Moscow's wife gives my son a check for three and a half million dollars, that sounds like Russian collusion to me. How about you, Bernard? And and of course, uh, again, I mentioned two, three years—the uh, Mueller investigation, Russia collusion—and this old fool. He's, he's more senile than uh, Joe Biden. He didn't see any evidence of the Biden family uh, crime syndicate in all his uh, in his searching around. He didn't see any sign of it. Well, he one. did. But he wasn't concentrating on that. He wanted to put oh, away Trump. Oh, I see. Yeah, he, I mean, poor bastards like Michael Finn, Flynn and uh, Paul Manafort ended up going to prison when Hunter Biden is out there doing something Donald Trump couldn't dream of. Yeah, it really, uh, I don't know. The whole thing is just is maddening. Last week was just... Uh, it was a week of madness. I mean, they're talking about lynching. They're talking about uh, sending a black woman to the moon. They're talking about transgender rights. Joe Biden is actually advocating for puberty blockers and whacking penises off, you know, kids, yeah. and that he's going to subsidize it. What am I listening to? The world is falling apart, and this is what this idiot is focusing on? Um, especially the lynching thing. I mean, no one has been lynched in this country for decades and decades and decades, and him and Kamala Harris are giggling and clapping and having a great time while they're still collecting bodies in the streets of Ukraine. I mean, and the mess we have here in the United States, and they're signing bills. Listen, lynching horrendous, no question about it. I actually was under the impression it was already a federal hate crime because who of wouldn't course. think that? Come on, give me a break. It was the ultimate in virtue signaling and distraction. It's repugnant, revolting to anybody. We don't need you to go out there and take a mic. Get to work. Get in the get in the Oval Office and get to work. Do some stuff. Get this inflation under control. 
Get this war under control. What, what are you doing? And speaking of, uh, you, you mentioned the Ukraine. Uh, this is a Ukrainian prime minister. She was on Fox News over the weekend. She's, uh, she's like 30-something prime minister. She speaks English very, very well. And to the slaughter in the streets of Ukraine in various cities, Kiev and all these other places, Kiev, I like to call it. Uh, but this is cut 30, Lou. This, to my point earlier about the Russian people, uh, this is what she said about the Russians in general, the Russians, not just Putin, the Russians. Listen to this Ukrainian female prime minister, cut 30 low. One thing I should tell you, don't trust Russians. Don't trust anything they say. I don't know. I can't call them people. They are animals because people don't behave like that. People don't torture other human beings. And what Russian troops, what Russian occupiers did in this cities just next to Kiev. What we've seen, they didn't just shut people dead. They have tortured them. They have tightened their hands. They have raped women. They have even shot pets. What I tell she called them, they call, she called, don't call them people, call them animals. And uh, so what's happening in that country is just uh, really unspeakable. And we got to get it under control. I mean, uh, I don't, I don't want to get into uh, sending them this, that, the other. Just end the violence, please. The, the people are suffering too much. And uh, one last thing. The president spoke over the weekend. Did uh, the president, former president Donald Trump, he spoke, I believe, I'm not sure what state it was, Michigan. Uh, maybe Justin could help me out. But he had a yeah, huge. Yeah, it was Michigan, Burn. Michigan. It was Michigan. Okay, thank you. He had a huge, huge crowd. And he talked about, uh, you, you mentioned earlier, said how the, the Democrats are going to get shellacked in November. And Trump was, of course, characteristically colorful about the whole thing. Cut 27, Lou, President Trump in Michigan over the weekend. One of the first things we will do when Republicans retake Congress, and it could be big. Let's not talk about it. It could be big. I heard today 68 seats, but I don't want to say that because if it's 67, they'll say Trump suffered a humiliating defeat. Now, I heard numbers from 20 to 68. 68 so far the highest. Every week it seems to get higher. All of these Democrat Congress people are retiring because they're getting their asses kicked in every poll because they're so incompetent. It's true, and uh, it is coming. I I just hope the Republicans don't screw it up. Just just shut up and let these uh, Democrats, let the Biden, the idiocracy down in Washington, let them all hang themselves. Don't propose anything new. Stay away from abortion. Stay away from anything. Just shut up. Let them do their, their, their dirty work themselves. Let them commit suicide. Please, I'm begging you. Now, traffic in sports is coming up next. We're going to speak to Rich Lowry, and then we're going to speak to uh, he's running for governor, Rob Astorino, former Westchester County executive. There was an article in the New York Post yesterday about how Giuliani and Lee Zeldin are both vying excuse me, for the Trump endorsement, but that uh, Rob Astorino is not even on uh, President Trump's list. Anyway, he'll join us uh, later in the show, but traffic and sports is coming well, up he's next. got you. He doesn't need uh, Trump or anybody else. You put this guy on every couple of weeks. He, well, he better send you a check for $5 million. Uh, he's, got, <laughs> he, he's got some good things, actually uh, some really good uh, topics he's going to bring up. No, he's great. He's, he, yeah. he's, if he doesn't win the gubernatorial, he should, get, <laughs> he should get a job here. He's great on the radio. Yeah, he, he's. Oh, and, and by the way, he's a former radio personality. Yes. He's, uh, you yes. know that. Yeah, yes. he's, no, he's terrific. And he's got some good stuff about the uh, don't say gay and also on transgenders, stuff like that. But either way, yes, traffic and sports is coming up next right now. It is time for the 77 WABC Clip of the Day. Listen to the Cats Roundtable every Sunday morning starting at 8. Here, John talks Disney with Senator Blackburn. 
with us is uh, Senator Blackburn from Tennessee, and uh, she has interesting things to go on, Senator, on uh, Disney World. This business is no longer saying, uh, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, in their greetings. I think that is something that you have to look at and say, this is how the woke left extremists are using corporations to push their agenda. This is Sid on Sports. Sponsored by Fearless Boilers on 77 WABC. Knickerbocker is playing some decent basketball here down the stretch. Of course, they're nine games under 500, just three more games to play. They're not going to make the playoffs. They've got Brooklyn, Washington, and Toronto left on the schedule. But they ran roughshod on the Orlando Magic yesterday. Beat them by 30, 118 to 88. The final score once again. Rising star R.J. Barrett with a big night, 27 points in 33 minutes. And how about the quick, the kid quickly with a triple double for the Knickerbockers last night? And how about this? The little alley oop here to Jericho Sims. Here's a quick Nick basket. Nine and a half remaining, fourth quarter. In Orlando, here's quickly for Sims, his second slam. And the Magic want to talk things over. Kenny Albert on the call again. The Knicks win by 30. The Nets right now tied for that eight spot inside the Eastern Conference as they get ready for a playing game along with Cleveland, Atlanta, and Charlotte at the bottom of the Eastern Conference playoff bracket. NHL yesterday, the Devils, they lose 4-3 to three to the Islanders. The Rangers, they lost 4-3 to three in a shootout to the Flyers. But the big sports story later on tonight from New Orleans, the NCAA College Basketball Championship game, North Carolina ended Mike Krzyzewski's career at Duke with a win on Saturday, taking on the one seed, Bill Self's Kansas basketball team, his former North Carolina star and draft choice of the New York Knicks, Hubert Davis, the coach of Carolina, on the big win on Saturday. Like over the last two or three years, North Carolina wasn't relevant. North Carolina should never be irrelevant. It should be front and center with the spotlight on them, on players like Caleb and RJ. And I just, um, I'm so happy for them. On the women's side, South Carolina are your champs. They beat Geno Ariema and UConn yesterday. One NFL note, the Dolphins have traded wide receiver Devontae Parker to the Patriots in exchange for draft choices. Sports brought to you by our dear friend Pete Morgan and the fine folks at Peerless Spoilers. Check them out today and every day, PeerlessBoilers.com, PavilionTankless.com. They do build America's best boilers. With sports, I'm Sid. This episode is brought to you by Bumble. So you want to find someone you're compatible with, specifically someone who's ready for a serious connection, totally open to having kids in the future, is a tall rock climbing Libra, and loves rom-coms with vegan pizzas on Tuesdays just as much as you do. Bumble knows that you know exactly what's right for you. So whatever it is you're looking for, Bumble's features can help you find it. Date now on Bumble. Talk Radio 77 WABC. Figured out yet, folks? The theme? <laughs> yeah. Not hard to figure out. We started with James Taylor, Carolina on my mind. And this, of course, the Kansas Classic as we get set for the biggest college basketball game of the year. Later on tonight from New Orleans, 
as the eight seed North Carolina. Last time they won a championship was 2017 under the great Roy Williams. We'll take on the number one seed, Kansas, who last won with Bill Self as the head coach, I believe, back in 2008. North Carolina, Kansas comes your way later on tonight. So You know what the the best line from that song is, uh, that Kansas song is? What's that? And if I claim to be a wise man, that surely means that I don't know. <laughs> Sing it. Yo, that's deep right there, bro. That that's some deep. good stuff right there, yes. So talking about deep last week, one of the highlights, and of course you weren't here, so it's never as good as when you are here. But one of the highlights was on a Thursday's show, which was a, uh, a very good show. Uh, I brought on together former New York Ranger great Ron Duguay and his girlfriend, Sarah Palin. And um, it was, you would have you loved it, Bernie. It was a great conversation. Those she are my was, peeps. It came on together, gushing. She was gushing. He was gushing. Uh, Lou, right? I mean, it was, and I kept uh, needling her about the relationship, and she kept coming back, and I love Ronnie, and he's my enforcer, and it was a very entertaining conversation. Yes, Lou, you would yes, agree? Yes, I would totally agree. <laughs> it was great. It was uh, strange, but it was great. It was great. But I will tell you this, Bernard, that both of them, Oh, love you, too. And both of them said something nice about you. So let's revisit, because there is Sarah Palin news, of course, from this weekend. Let's revisit both Dugay and Palin coming on, talking about the great Bernard. Go ahead. Before we get started, because I know we're going to talk hockey, other stuff, I got to ask you, how's Bernie doing? Oh, in my absolute best, Bernie hopes and prayers, and just love him. Just love you guys. There you have it, both uh, Duguay and Palin. Early on, when they both came on, before they started talking about anything else, both sent their love and asked about you. I thought you'd like that. That is very sweet. Thank you for playing. That. You're yes, welcome, uh, pal. Yeah, we go back uh, a long way to uh, Palin and myself. Yes. And, of course, Dugues as well, back at uh, Two Penn Plaza. Uh, you know, they, they, Dugues knew me before I knew who he was, believe it or not. No, I knew who he was years ago, but <laughs> when I met him in person, <laughs> when I met him in person on the 17th floor there, Lou, back at Two Penn Plaza, he was like, "Hey, I love your work. I love, I love you on O'Reilly." And I'm like, "Yeah, that's great." And 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 you are? I didn't recognize him. <laughs> yeah. I did not recognize uh, the, the, the stud, the celebrity that he was, the New York celebrity, and of course Sarah Palin. I met her back in the Hannity Green Room. Uh, had to be going on 10 years now. I think she's been my. My Facebook, uh, what do you call that Avatar, thing? I told avatar. her that. I said, you know, you're still on the on Bernie's Facebook avatar. She thought that was very, very cute. And Duguay did used to watch you on uh, Tuesday nights. Ryan and I have been buddies for the better part of 20 years. But I did ask Sarah Palin uh, last Thursday about her run, which she did not make official till the weekend. So I asked her, I said, Sarah, I know you're running. The question is, will you do it right here, right now, make it official on the Bernie and Sid in the morning show. And here was Sarah Palin's response. Uh, I'm not going to announce that on your show. No, to tell you the <laughs> truth. Uh, I do. I want to get back in there, though. I want to get back in that arena. And I've said for years, you don't need an office. You don't need a title. Get out there and make a difference. And I hopefully have lived that out. But there's a yes. time and a, a place and a season for everything. And if, if the season is um, – if it's arriving where I need – or can be more effective with a more official platform, I'm happy to do it. So you just mentioned the fact that Rob Bastarino will join us at 840, and he's not even being considered for a Trump endorsement. It's either going to be Lee Zeldin or Andrew Giuliani. Well, not only did Sarah Palin officially announce this weekend that she is going to run, 
but she's already received a very enthusiastic endorsement from the aforementioned President Donald Trump. Yes, I saw that. That's cool. Hey, listen, uh, she's running from Alaska, obviously. And uh, one of the it's about 50 people in this race, about 50 people. They're going to have some sort of primary in June. And then the top four people will move on to the general election in November. I believe that's how it works. But here's the wild thing. It's just like, for example, the state of Wyoming. They have uh, they have two senators. But for Wyoming has one congressperson, Dick Cheney, when he was congressman from Wyoming, he was the only congressman from the state of Wyoming. For example, New York has, I don't know, a couple of dozen, maybe more yeah. congresspeople. State of Alaska, one congressperson for the whole <laughs> damn state. How about that? And it's the, what is it? It's the, the largest state in the uh in the uh, in the in the continent, you know, in the uh, union here, it's the largest state, if not Texas. What is it larger, Alaska or Texas? I believe I, I Texas. I think California is the largest state, to be honest. No, not geographically. It's either a Texas or, or oh, Alaska. Okay, well there you have it. But either way, just one congressperson from the whole damn state. How wild is that? And Sarah Palin, hopefully, uh, will be that one. So that was uh, stuff I thought you would like, and you did that. That's great. great, man. That's fantastic. Cool. And then uh, we'll get Palin on, by the way, in the next two weeks to come back on and talk about her official run, uh, but you did talk about Hunter Biden last segment and the, the lies from the media, Russian disinformation, and now uh, papers like the New York Times, the Washington Post, no choice at this point but to come along. But again, still stopping short of including the big guy, Joe Biden, and even saying things like there's zero evidence. But another guy that uh, you're very, very tight with, a guy that I think you deserve the credit for putting in office when he won the gubernatorial in the state of New Jersey. And he's admitted this on the show with you and I, Big Chris Christie. He was on with uh, George Stephanopoulos, Channel 7, ABC, yesterday morning, and he blasted the media for their lies about Hunter Biden. Here's Chris Christie, courtesy of Channel 7. The idea that somehow when making the Hunter Biden decision in the midst of an election campaign, we were saying, oh, we got to be careful about Russian disinformation. But all through 2016, 2017, we now know that it was the Hillary Clinton campaign that was creating that dossier, paying for it. And that became the basis of a New York Times Pulitzer Prize. Twitter took the New York Post a Twitter account down because they reported on the Hunter Biden laptop, which now turns out to be completely true. So let's just call Chris, it like it. Let's call it what it was. The, the New York Post the had it right. But the, George, the New York Post had it right. And the Washington Post and the New York Times had it wrong. Now, but, you can decide, everyone will decide what the motivation for that was, whether it was simple error, whether it was not sufficient reporting, whether it was bias. Everyone's going to have their opinions on that. But the facts that we know now are, the New York Post had it right during the campaign last year, and the other media outlets had it wrong. So two things on that. The jerk-off Stephanopoulos, you hear, trying to weasel his way in. Right, and Christie cut him off, thank God, thank God, both times. And here's Chris Christie, who time and time again has stabbed Donald Trump in the back. He's disappointed uh, loyal people like you and I. We both loved Chris Christie. But that performance yesterday makes you realize that there was a time when we loved that guy and would have been thrilled if he would have won the presidency. That was an A-plus from Chris Christie yesterday. Oh, absolutely. I mean, he just laid it out as it was, as it is. And uh, in the other media outlets he's talking about, he's talking straight to George Stephanopoulos. You, you little schmuck. You're the one who didn't uh, report on the Hunter laptop. You knew it was real. You were one and the same with, uh, with the Washington Post, the New York Times, and every other mainstream uh, fake news outlet. 
all of you guys knew it, and you rigged the election because you wanted Joe Biden to win. And now when it doesn't matter, of course, uh, you know, Biden won, and, and it looks like Hunter's going to get indicted, and uh, Joe Biden's poll numbers are, you know, below Will Smith's poll numbers, for God's <laughs> sake. And now, of course, it's convenient to bring it up and start talking about it because you have to. You can't talk about Hunter indictment without talking about the Hunter laptop from hell. So, uh, yeah, good for Chris Christie for calling a spade a spade. But, I mean, that's all he's doing. He's, he's stating the obvious. And, uh, I, yeah, I, listen, I love Chris Christie uh, for, for a long, long time. But he exhibited some bizarre, yeah. uh, some weaselly behavior in the past, uh, well, the past couple of years. No doubt. Since those days that uh, I, I thought he was going to be the next Donald Trump. 1-800-848-WABC, 1-800-848-9222. The band is back together. Bernie back this morning. Sounds uh, like a million bucks. And that is a great 53 minutes of radio. Which Larry to come your way in the 7 o'clock hour. Rob Astorino in the 8 o'clock hour. Lydia reports. Beat Bernie. All that's still to come. Very big Monday show here with Bernie and Sid. Early in April. Keep it right here. We'll come back. Right after these short messages. Talk Radio 77 WABC. I'd be remiss if I did mention uh, John Katsimatidis, who uh, in your stead last week, Bernie, uh, sat in with me on Wednesday and Friday and did a uh, tremendous, tremendous job. So uh, special thanks. I know he did the same thing with you the week before when I was out in Los Angeles filming Gemini Lounge. So a special thanks to uh, John Katsimatidis. And then, uh, Lou, you would know this um, out there where we live. The cable is Fios, which I never had before. And I found a channel on Fios, which I didn't have on my cable system in New York City. And it's like uh, ASX or something. And it's all uh, music. It's, it's concerts. So oh, to, oh uh, Access. Access. Is that what it is? That's, yeah, AXS. Okay. Two, uh, 299? Something like that, yeah, yeah. I have that. So it's I'm laying in channel. bed on Saturday, and I watched the Coldplay concert live from San Paulo, which was great. I've seen them in concert before. They're a great, great band. I mean, Chris Martin wants to be Bono more than I want to be Italian, but they were great. <laughs> but the, once they were done, they showed the Wembley concert of the Foo Fighters. In honor, they're still paying tributes to uh, Taylor Hawkins. Bernie, you remember the drummer who died last week. Oh, yeah, they, they paid homage to him last night at the Grammys as well. Yes, I, they I did. I catch that. But this concert at Wembley they played on Saturday was just amazing. And what is that song, the, the uh, hero, um, not, well, not American Hero, what's the name of that song? My Hero. I just, My Hero. just played it. That was it, right. Yes. There it is. The, the live version of that song from Wembley actually made me cry. It was so, so good. Um, so, of course, like Bernie said, they paid homage last night on an award show that I didn't watch one second of. That is a great first to, hour. To your credit, by the way. Yeah, did you watch any of it? I watched a, a short snippet, and it happened to be when they paid homage to the Foo Fighters. Oh, that's that funny. There you go, the great Taylor Hawkins. So, once again, the rock and roll world still crying over that tragic death from last weekend. And we wrap up a great hour number one with Rich Lowry and the Bill O'Reilly Morning Message coming your way next hour. The Foo Fighters, right here on the Kick-Ass Monday version of Bernie and Sid. Come on!
Back here on the Bernie and Sid Show, ACDC, baby. Heard everywhere on that 77 WABC app. Come on, let's go. Hell went down the road. Playing rock and roll. We're also simulcast out on Eastern Long Island, News Talk 107.1 FM, and on your smart TVs, your computers, at uh, WABCRadio.tv. Yes, I'm back. I was out last week for uh, four days, as Sid alluded to. Mr. Katz uh, came in, and he did a great job, a terrific job. Good man, big heart. And uh, I, w- I was receiving, believe it or not, chemotherapy last week, and I've fully recovered from uh, the chemo, allowing me to be here with my boys this morning, and I'm very, very happy to be back. Very happy to be back with you, Sidney, my, my, my brother, my partner, Thank you for the nice words from last week. Oh, it's great to have you back. I mean, John did a great job, and we had a couple of really good solo shows, too. But, man, it is great to have you back. Well, I appreciate great that. Thank to have you. you back. Thank you. Thank you so much. A lot of stuff going on. Of course, it was, it, was like, it was like bizarro world last week, me watching the stupid news, even though I tried to stay away from it with my wife, watch some lighthearted stuff. But uh, in any case, we'll get to that in a minute. You know, th- uh, th- this weekend began – a month, a month of Ramadan. And if you don't think these people are serious, these Muslim people, this is what they do. They fast from dawn till yep. dusk. Yep. They do not eat. Well, and that dinner means they can eat. They can eat dinner. No, 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 no food eating from dawn to dusk whatsoever. They have to eat in the dark. In the dark, right. Okay, yeah. right, right. Right. So, uh, I mean, that, that, is a, that is quite the commitment, I think, as compared to, say, you know, a, a Jews fast for one day. Uh, the uh, the Christians, Catholics, etc. You know, we fast. We can't eat meat on Fridays. Uh, you know, for during Lent. But compared to what the Muslims do, uh, these people are serious, man. No, That's why they are. In fact, Danielle works her law firm, the Hammer Law Group in Great Neck, Long Island, with uh, Abraham, who I love dearly, and Joe Cohen. Uh, the girl that works there, Natasha, she's uh, she's Muslim. I told you the story that she got divorced, but um, she wanted to go out and celebrate her divorce right before Ramadan, but she she can't drink. She can't do any of that stuff. And um, right. by the way, she's 27 years old. She's a very, very attractive young lady. Uh, but because she's divorced now, it's almost like she's damaged goods. It's like it's a horrible thing. But th- that's that's how it goes in that religion. Yeah, so they, they went they went out and threw axes to celebrate her um, her divorce. And she is now a, going through what you're talking about. She's a very observant Muslim. Uh, through this Ramadan period, and she's doing all those things that you're talking about. And uh, listen, religion is great. God bless you. It just sounds miserable to me. Miserable. Well, yeah, I mean, but that's, uh, you know, if, if you believe, uh, you know, I, I admire pious, devout people. You know, people who, uh, you know, throw everything to, to uh, what they believe in. Sure. Because uh, it requires discipline. It requ- you know, I mean, which, by the way, I don't have. And I don't... Uh, <laughs> I don't I don't engage in it in my religion to my discredit, I would say. But that's me. I'm human. 
I admit my fault. So I actually admire I admire the uh, Hasidim, Hasidim, but uh, I don't believe them. Fury did there? Uh, yeah. Uh, listen, there was a Hasidim, by the way, 21 years old in Brooklyn. He was pummeled. He was mercifully, brutally, savagely beat by six young non-white supremacists in Brooklyn. Uh, just FYI, just just occurred to me right there. But I admire Hasidim, people like that who are devout like that, even though I could never be that. But either way, I just thought I'd mention the month of Ramadan starts now. So there's going to be some hungry people out there. So uh, mind your P's and Q's on the subway with uh, with the Muslims. Be careful. Hey, listen, on a lighter note. But one, Max- of the, one of the points you mentioned, the, the Hasidic kid being pummeled by six black kids uh, in Brooklyn. And then there was another anti-Semitic uh, instance where uh, somewhere, I believe it was Philly or close to Philly. Maybe it was Jersey. I'm not sure that they drew uh, swastikas on the gate of a cemetery this weekend. So um, the mayor of that town, I know, came out and was very, very emphatic. We know that doesn't work in our town. I think it was, um, well, I forget the name of the town, but either way, you had the kid getting beat up in Brooklyn and then swastikers drawn on the gates of a cemetery. So when Dove Hyken comes on and talks about anti-Semitism at an all-time high, he ain't kidding. And again, just to emphasize Bernie's point, 99% 99% of the time, the folks committing these heinous acts aren't white. Exactly right. I mean, we, we have to call it as, as we see it. If you don't identify the problem, you're never going to solve it. There was also, uh, I must mention, uh, a 70-year-old Sikh, S-I-K-H, a Sikh. He was mercifully, be- unmercifully beaten uh, at 95th, uh, 95th Avenue and Lefferts Boulevard. I, I don't know if that's Queens or Brooklyn. But he was another uh, hate crime by, again, a non-white supremacist. But uh, just to lighten it up a little, we talked about a lot of stuff this morning. The laptop from hell, the Ukrainian war. Just a Maxine Waters, just for laughs. Uh, she was at a, a an event to help the homeless. So a bunch of homeless people showed up. The event got out of hand, and Maxine Waters was in, in, immersed in the chaos. And in the chaos, she said something to homeless people. That was kind of amusing. Take a listen to Cut 16, Lou. I want everybody to go home. And I want... We don't got no home. Okay. That's why we here. Miss Mac, can you talk? Yeah. Miss Waters, can you home we going to go to? We ain't got no home. She's such I mean, a march. She goes on to say... To homeless people. No one does more for the homeless than me. And she, you know, she maintained her cool she for a couple of seconds. And then, she, and then she started screaming the F word. Yeah. I just thought it was hilarious, uh... Go home. We ain't got no home. Anyway, uh, listen, <laughs> also last night you had the Grammys. There was no slap. It was very, very boring. Nothing to come out of it. Uh, Trevor Noah hosted. He did a couple of, uh, I think he did a couple of Will Smith jokes. But, you know, this uh, MSNBC, there's a woman named Tiffany Cross. She's trying to take the mantle of the most racist uh, cable news host away from Joy Reid. Oh, that's going to be very, very tough. I know, but she's doing a good job. Really? I tell you. This is her on the Will Smith slap from last week's Oscars, a Tiffany Cross on MSNBC. It's Cut 22, Lou. I did get a lot of questions from people um, genuinely curious, genuinely asking, 
why is it that so many people were saying, white folks, sit this one out? I'll try to put this in context for, um, you know, our, our, our white fellow countrymen as best I can. And really, truly, uh, black America, there is a commonality amongst us all. And if we went to a white person's home and it was their family dinner and we were sitting there at the table and the mother hauled off and slapped the father and everybody at that table has an opinion. You know, the sister is like, mom, you always do this. And the brother is like, I can't believe you guys are doing this. And dad is like, you're terrible. If I weigh in as the guest in this home and I say, yeah, you guys are terrible. Everybody's like, I'm sorry. When did you get an opinion? This is our family exactly. table. That's what this moment felt like for this? many of us. And Shut up. Shut your happened. mouth. Shut well, I do mouth. believe it because I played a cut actually on Friday uh, from Whoopi Goldberg on The View who did something very, very similar. She turned this into a whole race thing. And why are people concerned with the black part of it? And wait a second, they're both black, first of all. They're both black. Second of all, nobody's talking about this as a black thing. They're talking about this as a almost uh, an entertainer gone wild. So right, exactly. Whoopi Goldberg did the same exact thing on The View last Thursday. Unbelievable. I mean, the, 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 these people are the most racist people. They see everything through the prism of race. Uh, listen, Jim Carrey also, on uh, he was on CBS's morning show, I believe on Friday, and he was the, uh, he, he spoke best about the whole episode. It, it, that was Thursday with Gail King, yes. Oh, okay. Well, yeah. here he is, uh, Jim Carrey with Gail King on the Will Smith's lap. Listen, cut 35 little. I was sickened by the standing ovation. I felt like Hollywood is just spineless, en masse. And uh, it just, it really felt like, oh, this is a really clear indication that uh, we're not the cool club anymore. Hmm. Yeah, well, he was right. He was sickened. He was sickened on mass. He was sickened by the standing ovation, et cetera, et cetera. And I thought that was pretty strong no, he, for a guy he, who was kind of crazy. He was good, and he is kind of crazy. But I do want to play this because you'll enjoy this. Uh, off of your cut, Bernie, that you played from the lady from MSNBC, I just talked about the cut. Here is the actual cut. Here is Whoopi Goldberg from The View kind of saying the same thing the lady in your cut just played. Here's Whoopi. I want to ask people why you think he would have indulged in a brawl on a stage in front of three billion people. Why wouldn't he be the adult? I, I, I keep hearing that and people keep saying people are going to, you know, think of black people the wrong way. Well, let me tell you, what? they should be looking at us saying, oh, OK, because yeah. he didn't indulge. He didn't. There's nothing wrong with what he did. So there's no reason That's for true. anybody to have any issue with black people. You have what? an issue with Will Smith and what he did. Yeah. He doesn't represent every black person on the planet. Exactly. Stop doing that and assume that the right thing was done because the man knows how to act in public. Mm-hmm. Chris Rock. Chris right, Rock. so she's yeah. making Chris yeah. Rock into a hero. But I have to tell you, Bernie, almost every night, including last night, at a very nice Italian restaurant that Joe Esposito helped my family get into, La Sorrentino, with my whole family of seven, we talked about the Will Smith-Chris Rock thing, white people, and none of us, or uh, in any place have I heard people talk about this as a black thing. What is Whoopi Goldberg <laughs> talking about? Exactly right. She's setting up a fake straw man. Nobody's looking at it in terms of race except these racist hags themselves. That's the bottom line. Uh, Bill Maher also talked about it over the weekend, and he had a uh, fairly, I guess, a harsh take, maybe, maybe not. I don't know. Listen to Bill Maher. This is Cut 24 Lou. Can I ask about alopecia? Because I must admit, first I saw the thing on TV. Mm -hmm. Then I go to the Vanity Fair party, great party. Then I, I didn't hear about it till then. She had, But you don't know she had alopecia. And I had heard this word, but it was vague in my mind what it was. Mm -hmm. 
So I went like, oh, well, that's a very different thing. And then I found out what it is, and I'm like, oh, no, it's not that different. I mean, <laughs> if you are so lucky in life as to have that be your medical problem, just say thanks, God. It's, it's, it's not... <laughs> It's not life-threatening. You know, it's part of, for most people, 80% of men, 50% of women, it's part of aging. Uh, aging is, trust me, I know, it's the degradation of the flesh. It happens to all of us. And, you know, just put on a f***ing wig like everybody else at the Oscars if it bothers right. you so much. Hey, you know, that's the money uh, shot right there. Right, put a just wig put on, on it. a blank and wig. Right, if it bothers you that much. I mean, uh, right. I actually had words back and forth with Lydia last week, who's phenomenal on this show, but she brought up cancer. Uh, sorry to say that, Bernie, but I'm like, please, 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 stop, 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 stop. And I started yelling at her. I go, oh, please. I was here for that. Oh, you were I'm, here for that? Yeah, okay. That was yeah, cancer. What are you talking about? That, that kills people. And in this case, put a, a wig on and shut up. Shut up. Uh, yeah, exactly. And by the way, she was caught on videotape actually laughing herself. At the joke before she uh, glared at the henpecked, uh, you know, the henpecked the Will Smith, and and signaled for him to go up and take care of business with Chris Rock. Hey, listen, uh, one other thing here is, uh, of course, the laptop from hell came out, and uh, I played the clips from, uh, you know, from six ways till Sunday uh, at the debates where the moderator cut off President Trump, trying to bring up the laptop from hell, and one of them, of course, was Chris Wallace. And Chris Wallace has now moved on to CNN. And they're paid. You, you, you have to buy a subscription to watch this uh, CNN particular uh, b- b- bit of programming. Now, nobody watches the free CNN. Why the hell would they think anybody would want to pay for CNN? But that's where Chris Wallace is. Anyway, uh, he started that over the weekend. But Maria Bartiromo, yesterday on uh, her show, Sunday Morning Futures, she was interviewing this uh, Senator Ron Johnson. And she took Chris Wallace to task, no longer her colleague, but I guess it's been building and brewing in her for a long time. A lot of people at Fox News and, and a lot of people, period, hated Chris Wallace because he, he, was, he represented fake news. But listen to Maria Bartiromo talk about Chris Wallace's rigging of the election via his interfering in the debates with uh, Biden and Trump. Listen to this. Cut 15, Lou where Chris Wallace interrupted President Trump when Trump was trying to explain that $3.5 million check from the former mayor of Moscow's wife and all the money Biden has uh, received. And Chris Wallace turns around and says, Mr. Trump, Mr. Trump, stop. We've got to get to more important matters. You also saw the soundbite of John Harwood over at CNN saying this has nothing to do with Joe Biden. How does it have nothing to do with Joe Biden when it's his name and title that they're playing on that they're peddling out there to get money and meetings well of course it has everything to do with joe biden everything as we discussed earlier it's not about hunter it's about joe biden and well, the- those bank accounts at least one of them joint bank account forgetting about his name and he must he must have heard about it because there's a chance very very slim that he didn't very very slim but they've got a joint bank account joe and hunter yeah. oh yeah yeah they got a lot of stuff uh, that's not been uncovered or revealed just yet. And uh, President Trump, former President Trump, again, out in Michigan, he alluded to the same thing, Joe Biden and the uh, the mayor of Moscow's wife giving uh, Biden, Hunter, $3.5 million. Who knows how it was divvied up, but this was Trump in Michigan over the weekend, cut 28 Lou. Remember when I used to say during the campaign, darling, darling, I'd love to watch the president. I love the president. I'd love to watch him tonight in the debate debating mostly the commentators, not Joe. Like Chris Wallace. Like Chris Wallace.
I said, Joe, why did you and your family get three and a half million dollars from the wife of the mayor of Moscow? What did you do? And Chris Wallace said, you have no right to ask that question. How good was that question now, right? Absolutely right. In retrospect, it was everything. It was the it was the whole election. You know what sucks, though? You'd like to see Leslie Stoll and Chris Wallace and Kirsten Welker and Savannah Guthrie and all the people that you've done a great job, Bernie, great job playing over the last couple of years that either had conversations with Trump or were part of debates with Trump who all did the same thing. They all did the same thing. Wouldn't it be great now to have them sit around and explain why now things are different. Th- those people, Leslie Stahl, oh, Chris yes. Wallace, all of them. Right. But, uh, uh, you know, uh, you're going to see Dove Hiking wearing a turban uh, <laughs> in the streets of Manhattan before you see that. But you always talk about that. It's so frustrating. There's never retractions. There's never apologies. No one ever no. says, all right, all right, Trump was right. They never do it. It just goes away. Not only apology, no accountability whatsoever. None. They don't pay any price for it. It really is gross. But it is fun to call him out and, 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 and highlight it now in, in light of the fact that Hunter is about maybe to be indicted, yeah. which is why they're doing what they're doing. I mean, this is as close as you'll come to uh, them, you know, exhibiting any sort of accountability or, uh, you know, uh, contrition on the part of these fake news fools who no doubt that, that November 2020, that election was rigged before Election Day. There's no question about it on the Bernie and Sid show. One eight hundred eight four eight nine two two two. We're going to speak to Rich Lowry. We're going to speak to Rob Astorino. A lot to come on the Bernie and Show. Keep it where it is. Bill O'Reilly here, and I'm warming up. Stand by for the O'Reilly Update Morning Edition. On this Monday, I went to see the comedian Sebastian Maniscalco a few days ago. He is perhaps the hottest, funny person in the world. Why? Because Sebastian is hysterical. He sold out the UBS Arena on Long Island, 19,000 paying customers. That is amazing for a comedian. What Maniscalco does is performance art, not just joke telling. And he makes fun, he mocks PC people. He's got a bit about his five-year-old son going into the classroom where a woke teacher is upset by his son's behavior. It is absolutely hysterical. I know I've used that word before, but it's accurate. So it was worth my time and money to see Sebastian. He also mocked the COVID vax. He got it at CVS. He mocked Los Angeles, where he lives, and on and on and on and on. He did about an hour and 15 minutes. There was not one dead spot. Now, why am I telling you this? Because we all need laughs, and many Americans have not heard of Sebastian Maniscalco. But go on that social media thing, and you can see some clips. You will thank me. That is the Morning O'Reilly Update. More analysis later on.
So this concert is on, I told you, on uh, Axis. Is that the name of the channel, Louis, on yes, Bios? Yes, Axis. Yeah, Saturday night. Channel. Yeah, me and Daniel both love uh, Coldplay. So my son Gabe walks in, Bernie, and he goes, have you and Mommy ever seen Coldplay in concert? I told this story before, but it's, <laughs> it hurts just a bit. September of 2005, Tuesday night. It's uh, days before the start of the NFL season. And Danielle and I get tickets, and I forget from who, Bernie. It's one of our FAN guys to see Cole play at the Garden. And right. we go Tuesday night. We go to Stout. We have a great dinner. We have a couple of drinks. And Cole play was amazing. That's Tuesday night. Friday, with my agent at the time, Mark Lepselter, I make my way to Atlantic City. This despite Mark Chernoff and Danielle and my father, God rest his soul, everybody saying, don't you dare go. But I got paid to appear live at a fantasy football draft with Leanne Tweeden, who was like a hot sports model at the time. Oh, boy. You know where we're going. Oh, no, this is not a good recipe. Sunday, the Giants open up the season week one against the Carolina Panthers in New Jersey. And for the third consecutive year, I am slated to host the pregame show. And the pregame show starts. My dad is out there. Thousands and thousands of other Giant fans, and I'm not there. I'm still holed up in a hotel room in Atlantic City, scared to death to leave. Long story short, that's the day I got fired from WFAN and never got back there full time. Yeah, I did some fill-in shows a bunch of times. In fact, nearly the whole summer of 2014, but that was it. And five days before I get fired was the Coldplay concert. So I told Gabe the whole story, and Gabe goes, yeah, but right now you're happy with Bernie. Where'd I go? Son, never been happier. That is so sweet. Right? Uh, he see, brought he wants, you up. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, well, that he brought me up is very nice as well, but that he wants to see the bright side of things. Yes. End on a happy note. But you're happy now, Daddy, right? Right. right. I mean, that is so adorable. <laughs> it was so cute. Wow. And then talking about Gabe, you know, one of the shows I really like now, I must tell you, is, um, is Jesse Waters. He also joined me last week when you weren't here, and he also... I love Bernie. I love Bernie. Send Bernie my best. He couldn't have been. He was really very authentic and very, very sweet. And uh, I like his show at 7 o'clock at night. And he did a show one day last week where he broke down the percentages of Americans, what they think of in terms of percentage numbers, how gay is this country. So they did some poll with, like, thousands of Americans. And these Americans said 25% of this country is gay. The truth is... Less than 3% of this country is gay, and less than 1% is transgender. Yet, yet, we make all these policy decisions, everything we see on television, Disney, Coca-Cola, all these woke companies are killing us as if the whole country is queer. I mean, to be honest. So we went over those numbers, but I remember the story that uh, years ago, your daughter, your beautiful daughter, was working in Disney, and my daughter, Ava, bumped into her. At Disney World, that's not going to happen again because I'm not going back. Oh, no. It's a woke world after all. Hell no. <laughs> uh, no, listen, what they did was uh, was a travesty. It's a, it's a disgrace. Disgusting, as a matter of fact. Uh, 60% of Flor- Floridian residents 
support the Parental Rights Act. It ain't the Don't Say Gay bill. Of course, everybody knows that by now. There's nothing in it that says Don't Say Gay. 60%, 52% of Democrats support this. This was uh, approved by the legislature, by the duly elected legislature. The voters elected the legislature to express their will. So Disney is these little woke, woke-tard weasels, these perverts, they're trying to, uh, you know, thwart democracy, essentially. And it's just a bunch of a small minority of loudmouth, as you point out, is all it is. And what, it, what they're trying not to do is they're trying to groom people, these teachers, these, you know, these freaks, these pervs. They're trying to groom kids into, uh, you know, a certain way of behavior for what? Their own pleasure, their own validation, yep. maybe? Yep. Yep. Who knows? But they're grooming them, and it's really sick. They should be arrested. Yep. And by the way, they should have cameras in the in every single classroom in the country. Now that we know what goes on in public schools and the way these people fought back, you know we're over the target when you when you're receiving flack because they they fought back in a, in, a, in a fierce way, and this really touched them like nothing else. So you know we're touching a nerve. In other words, they're trying to brainwash. <laughs> twice, you, twice you use the word touch in there. You want to be careful. Right, exactly. Well, no, actually I don't. I want to, That's exactly where we're going with this. Uh, they, they, these pervs in there, they get their jollies off by talking to kids about sex and changing their genders and whatever. I mean, it's child cruelty. It's, it's perverted. And uh, thank God for Rhonda's. It's only up to the third grade, by the way. We yeah. talked about this before. Yep. They shouldn't be talking to kids about sex at all. Leave it to the parents. Right. No, I, I don't understand any parent that would uh, be against that. I just don't. And my fear is, is that most parents are not against it. But once again, people in this country placing politics before what's right. That seems to be the, the trend here, and that's a very, very scary trend. We'll play Beat Bernie coming up at 940. Gubernatorial hopeful Rob Astorino coming up at 840. Lydia Reports coming up at 825. And Rich Lowry, the great Rich Lowry, is coming up next. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Talk Radio 77 WABC. I'm going to Kansas City. Kansas City, I'm coming. Yes, Kansas City. Kansas City, here I come. Got a crazy way of loving. I'm going down to get me some. Back here on the Bernie and Sid Show. Dummy up there, you, huh? We're heard everywhere on the 77 WABC app. Simulcast on an Eastern Long Island News Talk 107.1 FM and also on your smart TVs, on your computers at WABCRadio.tv. And as he does on every Monday on this TGIM Monday, Rich Lowry, the editor of the National Review, he joins us this morning. We're honored to have him. Rich, good morning to you. What's up, fellas? You know. What's up, yo? Uh, <laughs> you right? you, into, you, you into this uh, basketball game tonight? Oh, yeah. And that was just a classic. Uh, 
over the weekend. I, I hate Duke, but even I had a twinge of empathy for Coach K. Really? And what he said really captured the the essence of college basketball. He said he wants his team, you know, you guys played that clip just a second ago, wants his team to either be crying because they won or crying because they lost. That, that meant they gave it all. And people were crying. You know, the UNC coach was crying. Duke players was crying. And it was just, what, 18 lead changes? You, you don't get better than that. You know, it's funny. Your team, Virginia, won the championship just a couple of years ago. So there's no reason for you to be jealous. But, you know, you say you hate Duke. And I know it's kind of fashionable in this country to hate the Yankees because they're always great and Duke because they're always great in Dallas. they're rich. But, but I got to tell you, you know, you look at the program Krzyzewski run, ran, I should say, never got into trouble Never yeah. got, ne- never had to yeah. forfeit victories. Never had right, kids. Not, like UNLV or anything Right, like exactly. That. Grant yeah. Hill, Bobby Hurley. So I'm not sure why people hate Duke. If anything, they should really be the blueprint, Mike Krzyzewski, of how to have a great program year in and year out without any issues. Even Bobby Knight was a mess. Yeah, that's why I felt that spasm of empathy very briefly. Well, I'll give you one. <laughs> I'll give you, I, I, I'll give you one a turd in a punch ball here, or one negativity, uh, piece of negativity about uh, Coach K is during the Duke lacrosse episode, he did not step up when he should have. When he saw an obvious injustice being done, he stayed quiet, and he could have made a difference back then. So, Yeah, uh, an, I had, I'd forgotten about that. That's a good point. He's, and he's also a little, little bit more one-and-done, more one-and-done guys than uh, I, I would have liked. But uh, no doubt, great, great career, legendary career, and he made it to the Final Four. And after that, you know, it's just a roll of the dice. So Rich Lowry from the editor uh, from the National Review, excuse me, the editor of the National Review. Speaking of crying, uh, you got the uh, the mainstream media, the fake news. This uh, laptop from hell, Washington Post, New York Times, come out, and now all the other news outlets, without really acknowledging it, they're acknowledging it, and they're covering the whole thing like it's like it's brand new news. They're covering the 2013 trip on Air Force Two to China with the Hunter and his dad when the corruption really probably began in earnest back then. And they're covering it again, so they have egg on their faces, and it's it's kind of, you know, it's it's pleasing to watch from my point of view. But what do you make of all that, and why are they doing it, Rich Lowry? Well, it's, uh, it's taken them a year and a half, which is an awfully long time to, to get on top of a, a scoop. You know, when the uh, everyone was obsessed this last week over the, the missing gap and, and Trump's phone logs, which didn't turn out to be what they thought it was. But everyone jumped on that. But for some reason, they didn't jump on Hunter, Hunter Biden's laptop. But let, better late than never. These newspapers with some really good reporters, I think, in the, uh, in the Washington Post story, there was some some new stuff or kind of uh, tied the narrative together in a, a better way. And I think this is one thing Republicans obviously have to investigate when they take the House. What did Joe Biden know and when did he know it about Hunter's activities? It's a little bit of a mystery why now, but uh, at least they're doing it. And at least The Washington Post ran an editorial saying, eh, you know what, maybe we, the media, should reflect on why we're so dismissive of this when it was fresh news. Yeah, but you know what, again, and I covered this uh, last week, too, and spoke to a bunch of people about it. I don't care about Hunter. We, we have figured out that Hunter's a degenerate. That's coming from me, by the way, not exactly <laughs> a, uh, a clean history myself. He's a degenerate, but it means nothing. If it doesn't go back to his father, I don't care what you're talking about. I don't care if Hunter Biden has 90 strippers and 10 pounds of cocaine. Yeah. Who cares? And, and we do have evidence about the big guy. Miranda Devine talked about it. Bablinski talked about it. And yet all these media outlets, the New York Times, the Washington Post, 
refuse, refuse to even mention Joe Biden. So there's no victory. If anything, the Democrats may be doing this to say, hey, if you think Hunter Biden's going to hurt us in 2022, you're wrong because you're right. He is a degenerate, mm-hmm. but it doesn't go back to his father. Mm-hmm. Totally endorse everything you said. Thank Both you. One, it's not Joe Biden's fault that, that Hunter Biden is a, a degenerate, as you put it. Two, the, Joe Biden is, is the big fish here. And if it, this were Trump, obviously, if this were reversed and one of his, his kids were involved in this, oh. every single press conference, every single walk to the helicopter, every day on cable news, would be, what did Trump know and when did he know it? We have none of that kind of drumbeat. So, as I say, I think Republicans are going to have to drive it from Congress when they, when they at least take the House. And, and and we'll see where it goes. I mean, certainly there 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 are interesting suggestions. I, I don't know how much Joe Joe did know, but there are interesting suggestions that we already are aware of. So, Rich Lowry, yes, indeed, uh, the Biden administration uh, in in a free fall. Let's face it, poll wise, every uh, uh, every other ways they're in a free fall with the border, with uh, the Ukrainian war. You had Zelensky over the weekend, basically implying that. Uh, the Biden administration is slowing down, uh, sending over, you know, help, armaments, because they want the Russians to win some sort of uh, face-saving diplomatic off-ramp. But uh, so so it, it's all part and parcel of the same thing, the reason why they're bringing up the laptop from hell. In other words, they smell the writing on the wall that Biden is done. He's toast. And I, I think there's something uh, that's why they're, you know, they're getting on that side of, of this, this this scandal because they know he's going down, and they want you know they want to be on the right side of that. Yeah, well, the, the Ukraine, it's um, there, there's clearly more stuff we could be getting to them faster. But just that they they were able to repulse a Russian invasion uh, of, of their country aimed at Kiev is just astonishing. I mean, this is one of the uh, m- most stunning military achievements we've seen. I don't know, in, a, in a, since 1948, maybe Israel repulsing all its invaders right at the outset it's just extraordinary but you know it's um no one's giving biden credit for that nor nor should they and we have a ongoing uh, disaster on the border that's about to get worse this repeal of title 42 is going to open the the floodgates in a way we just haven't seen perhaps ever i mean we're just going to be overtopped and completely overwhelmed at the border at the end of may unless there's some 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 sort of change or some dynamic i'm not aware of Putin is uh, now changing his strategy. He was heading north. Now he's heading east. As the Ukrainians, you mentioned the Ukraine, continue to put up a, a, a just an incredible fight here and really taking back cities and not allowing Kiev to fall. Got to give those folks a heck of a lot of credit. But there was some talk last week that there was some peace negotiations on the way. I never bought it. I just thought he was moving in a different direction because he was getting his ass kicked. And I still feel that way. What do you think about the Ukraine-Russia war moving forward? Yeah, I think it's it's going to be a long slog there, as everyone says, heading south and east where they've performed better and try to take much as much territory as they can and then hold it and say, look, now now negotiate. And the beginning point of the negotiations is this territory is ours and what are you going to do about it? So I think that's the next move. Uh, I would I would never underestimate the Ukrainians again. I underestimated them throughout this entire thing. So maybe they can resist that, but they're going to need more help. You know, Rich Lowry from the uh, National Review, I think for the first time the right right now is winning sort of uh, the culture wars. You have the don't say gay bill. It's not the don't say gay bill. It's the Parental Rights Act. But you have that and uh, the transgender issue, uh, you know, biological males competing against 
of, you know, biological women, which is wrong. And the public realizes that. So for the first time you're seeing this, yet you had Joe Biden last Thursday come out and support, you know, puberty blockers and, uh, you know, gender reassignment for for minors. I mean, really sick, sick, depraved stuff. I mean, what is going on there? But uh, can we take solace in the fact that we're winning the culture war on this? Yeah, front? I mean, there's, there's definitely a, a backlash. It's been very encouraging. But Democrats are totally out of touch on this. They're totally driven by the fanatics on their own side. Uh, we, we saw it in the Katanji Brown-Jackson confirmation hearings. I mean, she did everything she could to sound reasonable and moderate, right? She talked about God. She talked about her family. She talked about members of the military and law enforcement in her family. She talked about the Constitution. Then they asked her, uh, what's a woman? She's like, I don't know. Can you say that again, please? <laughs> <laughs> that was beyond dumb. That was beyond dumb. Because she knows she knows where the, the power yep. and the energy is in, no. on the Democrats and this crazy left. And you know, from Cat's Roundtable, you, you played the clip from Disney. You have the, the people in charge of the most important children's entertainment company in the world talking about this crazy stuff of trying to get more queer characters into our, our children's entertainment. So right. That's really disturbing. Well, it is, especially when 97% of the population isn't queer. Uh, last, uh, last thing for me, uh, if I had asked you to give me Joe Biden's response before this happened, my prediction, which is you would have gotten it 1,000% verbatim. And I'm talking about this awful tragedy from Sacramento, California. I don't know what happened, but it was very early on a weekday morning. There was a fight. There was a club. There was booze. Six people are dead. Twelve were injured. And what are we talking about again? Gun control. Mm-hmm. I mean, you, you would be able to, to give me exactly what Biden said if I would have set this up before it actually happened, Yes. Yeah, no, absolutely. And I haven't followed Sacramento closely, but just in news stories, you have all these local officials saying this downtown has been out of control for a long time. Yes, it's a rough so, hood, very rough hood. Yeah, so it's it's a symptom of the disorder that's been on the rise everywhere. And gun laws didn't change. I mean, there's nothing new about our gun regulations in this country. <laughs> What's changed is the environment around policing and public order. And it's it's been a debacle. And People paid terrible price for it, and they continue to do so. And lastly, Rich Lowry, you've been writing about this, so I'm going to ask you about it. You know, the persecution of Clarence Thomas, Justice Clarence Thomas, brilliant man, come from a hardscrabble background. I mean, just a, just a wonderful human being in my estimation. But, but from the high-tech lynching that he went through in his confirmation process in the early 90s to now, and, and throughout the years being called an Uncle Tom at every turn possible now, they're doing it again uh, because the pretense is, of course, his wife. Tell us about that. Yeah, well, I mean, they just since this confirmation hearing, they've, they've constantly been out of this guy, after this guy. He can't think for himself. He's an affirmative action pick. He's too dumb to speak at oral arguments. He's Antonin Scalia's lawn jockey on and on, all this abuse. Now, some fair-minded people on the center left have finally realized that this is a, an original and um, really serious jurisprudential uh, thinker, you know, a real serious jurist, but the left doesn't believe that. Now that now they want us to believe that his decisions are all about serving the interests of his wife, you know, who is a political activist. It's crazy. I mean, she sent a lot of texts about to Mark Meadows during the um, aftermath of the election, but that doesn't mean he has to recuse himself. It's okay for your wife to have political opinions, and there's just zero 
indication that he's yeah. been anything other than consistent his entire yeah. life in the way he looks at the law and the Constitution. I'm not sure it's okay for your wife to have any political opinions, i got to be honest with you. <laughs> <laughs> you, know, you know, it was a couple of weeks ago, <laughs> I, w- I went to the Harvard Club with John Katsimatidis, our friend, to, to watch uh, Kathy Hochul speak, and I walked right past the Greek restaurant. It's on the same block. Oh, yeah, there you go. Yeah, the same block. And it occurred to me, I go, wait a second. Thursday is opening day in the Bronx. Justin Alec is going. Yankees and the Red Sox. And that bastard, which Larry, didn't even invite me. <laughs> Terrible. Are you going? Are you going? No, no. I, I'm a little down on going to baseball games. It's so long. I can't take it. Too yeah. long? Really? Yeah, it, too it, long. Real, it should be seven innings. Uh, uh, Listen, Rich Larry, you're great every Monday. Uh, Editor of the National Review, Rich Larry, thank you so much. Thanks, fellas. Have a great week. Uh, It's a great job, Rich. Thank you so much. And again, don't forget, folks, coming up Tuesday night, May the 3rd, we're getting closer and closer. Forget about the Mets and the Yankees who do start this Thursday. Staten Island Ferry Hawk Baseball, home opener Tuesday night, May the 3rd. And as Gary Perone pointed out last week, you can buy your tickets right now, ferryhawks.com. Do it. Ferryhawks.com for a very entertaining summer of Staten Island Ferryhawk baseball in that great borough. Hour number three of Bernie and Sid on this Monday morning about to come your way. Wyndham Hotels and Resorts makes travel possible for all. Whether it's the long haulers looking for a great cup of coffee, a roomier rest for the on-a-whim road trippers, or a place to make summer memories with the whole family. No matter who you are, where you're going, or why, with 24 trusted brands to choose from like La Quinta, Days Inn, and Super 8, your Wyndham is waiting. Get the lowest price at WyndhamHotels.com. Restrictions apply. Visit website for more details. New York, Bernie and Sid in the morning. Talk Radio 77. WBC. What a drag it is getting old. Kids are different today. I hear every mother say, Mother needs something today to calm her down. And though she's not I do want to thank our good buddy, former chief of police, Joe Esposito, again. Turns out uh, where I live now, he's really, really close with uh, the family that owns a restaurant, this guy Joe. And uh, Esposito, Bernie, made a phone call for me because they had seven of us last night. They had me, Danielle, Gabriel, Ava. Ava's boyfriend from London, Toby, is in town. My sister, Ray Sherry, and my brother-in-law, Albert, seven of us. And he sent us to his buddy, La Sorrentino, which is right by my new house, great Italian restaurant, and boy, was it delicious. The food was great. So I do want to thank Joe Esposito for making it a very, very special Sunday. Even had the Sunday sauce, Bernard, on a Sunday night in um, in Queens. It was a lot of fun. Gotta love it. Yeah, yeah it was great. Chief. He's, he's a great guy. Great guy. Great still, guy, and you're loving the house, right? Loving the house. By the way, he's still suffering. He lost his wife, Chris, a couple of weeks ago. He's not really doing a heck of a lot better, but right. uh, he does listen to us every day. We're, we're a nice distraction for him. And, again, he did help me out, but I love the house. I love where I live, and uh, it's great to be out of New York City. I miss nothing. I miss nothing about New York City. I mean that sincerely. Oh, it's, it's got to be huge for oh, me. I mean, please. It's just like a day and night. Day and night, exactly. But I am a little freaked out, and you've been through this already, and in our six years together, we've had these conversations time and time again, and this is where you talk me off the cliff because you're very good at stuff like that, and I'm a neurotic Jew, and I just go crazy. But coming up this Thursday, April the 7th, this Thursday, April the 7th, 
my firstborn child and my only daughter, Ava, turns uh, 18. And I'm completely freaked out. <laughs> wow. Bernie, Bernie, 18. You believe yeah. that? No, I, I don't believe it, actually, because uh, it's just like yesterday she was... I don't know. She was a 14-year-old sitting in a studio. Forget uh, about e- that. Even younger than that. You and I, you know, people forget this, but, and I told this story last week, tonight we're getting ready for the NCAA championship game between North Carolina and Kansas. 18 years ago, I told you this, it was uh, Georgia Tech taking on Connecticut. Tonight I've got a chance to win money. Back then I did too. I was up against Mike Francesa, and he had Connecticut, and I had Georgia Tech, and uh, he won that night, but my daughter was born the next morning, it was the first night of Passover at my sister Olana's house, and I went home to walk my dog after Ava was born, like 4.30 in the morning, and Beningo was like, you got to call in. He was still doing overnights. Jody Mack was still my, my midday partner at the fan, and I called into Beningo, and I said, yes, Joe, it's official. I'm a father. And I can recall that whole conversation, and that was 18 years ago yeah. at 4.30 in the morning on the overnight show with Joe Beningo on WFAN. No, time does fly. So what are your misgivings, though, the fact that she's turning 18? The, what, the, the, the time flies, that she's yeah. leaving you? Yeah, or, uh, yeah. all that. <laughs> yeah, but, 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 of yeah. course, uh, as I always point out, you got to dwell on the positive. She's a yeah. great girl, a great student. She I is. mean, just the... I mean, she's a great daughter. She is. So, she is. Uh, you know, that, those are the things. Her. Instead of, uh, you know, wringing your hands and being, you know, the neurotic, uh, as you put it, Jew, <laughs> uh, just say, this is Mazel tov. This yeah. is terrific. This is wonderful. My daughter turned 18. Yeah. She made it till now without any problems, you know, for the most part. I mean, the usual uh, the usual stuff. But uh, otherwise, I mean, it's just a great thing. It's a beautiful thing. It's a celebratory thing, not a thing to, to wring your hands over. It's going to be weird walking past the bedroom door. And thank God Gabe is still home, so I'm not an empty nester. And he's only 13, so we got a couple of years with Gabriel left. But it's still going to be weird walking past. And i got to tell you, uh, how many times I've said over the last couple of years, God, go to college already. Please do me a favor because it's no secret that she has one school of thought when it comes to politics and this stuff, which is completely opposite of me and even more opposite of you. So I can't tell you how many times I was like, oh, my God, just go already. But when I really sit down and think about it, walking past that door is going to be tough for me. But I'll get through it, right? I'll be fine. Oh, of course you will. Yeah, yeah no, in the heat of the moment, you have those thoughts. Uh, I can't wait to get rid of her or whatever. Right. I mean, those are momentary <laughs> fleeting thoughts. But overall, you love her and you want her there. I mean, uh, you know, it's just, and, uh, you know, the truth be told, not all families are going to agree. It's just not going to happen in every single family. And funny thing, with my daughter, uh, we don't even... Pretty much, we don't discuss politics. I That's mean, all we discuss. Every single night at dinner, we say we're not going to discuss politics, and every time it devolves into politics. Every time. And I, mean, and, and, I, and I just shut up. I've stopped talking a long time ago, but, you know, I want to bang my head against the wall. <laughs> well, they, the, my, uh, my perception is that they want to call you out. Yes. They want to to try to tell you how wrong you are about everything you think. Daddy, what's the So then we joined a a local gym. I'm not going to say the name of the gym, but, um, you know, I work out in the city now. What I do, Bernie, is eight blocks away, and you're a member of the same club, New York Sports Club. We're on 49th and 3rd. So on 41st and 3rd, literally eight blocks away, which a day like this is a gorgeous day. It's a five-minute walk. It is one of the nicest New York sports clubs I've ever seen. So most days I leave the office, I go straight to the sports club, and then I'll have lunch and go home. 
but there are days I have to go home right away. I need a gym closer by. So we joined one this weekend, the whole family. Gabe gets to play basketball. They got swimming pools. They got a great weight room. But when you walk in, the first thing you see is the pool. And above the pool, a massive, and I mean massive banner that reads, and you know it can't stand this, Black Lives Matter. Get out. Swear to God. Now, it's, it's a great gym. It's close to my house. I need to work out. So I continued the membership process. But don't think for a second I thought about walking out. I really did. I mean, what are they, stupid? I mean, Republicans buy sneakers, too. I mean, did they ever hear of that? Michael Jordan? I guess they don't care. I mean, what are, what are they doing? They're alienating half of the potential clients, yeah. uh, client base. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that is that is sick, and that is just it's offensive as well, given what we know now about Black Lives Matter. I mean, two years ago, okay, maybe you get a pass. Maybe. You, you shouldn't even buy even two years ago, you shouldn't. You should have been smarter than that. Right. But now we know all the things we know about it, how corrupt. It's communist. It's anti-nuclear family. They're, uh, you know, corrupt with the uh, with all the funds that they t- they've taken in. They haven't helped black lives, period. They've only gotten blacks killed, essentially. And the disrespecting the police, perpetuating a lie that the police are, you know, uh, hunting down blacks in the streets. I mean, that's disgusting. I mean, uh, but a workout is a workout, right? No, listen, I got to get my workout in. And look, don't kid yourself. People, and you brought this up right away to your credit. People are still talking about that St. Peter's run and the T-shirts. I mean, people, Republicans, obviously, but, you know, they beat Kentucky. They beat Murray State. They beat Purdue. They got walloped by North Carolina, who might win it all tonight. But that was still a historic run by, uh, of course, uh, St. Peter's, and their coach now got the job at Seton Hall, which is a very, very good job. But people are still talking now about wearing those Black Lives Matter T-shirts, and it made a lot of folks who are rooting for St. Peter's really nauseous. Well, I think the coach is is probably responsible for it. In my estimation, and I really don't know, I think he's a bum, to be quite honest with you, for allowing that, and he could have stopped it. So I think he probably encouraged it, that this uh, coach at Seton Hall now. But, uh, yeah, as soon as I saw it, I tuned in. I was, I was rooting for St. Peter's. My cousin, uh, Stephen, uh, the, 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 the city councilman, the, the uh, Woodcliffe Lakes. Pa- partner in the law firm, Woodcliffe Lakes, yeah. he went to St. Peter's. And I'm like, this is great. This is fantastic. As soon as I saw those T-shirts, I changed the channel. <laughs> oh, my God. I don't blame you. Leslie Slender, by the way, checks in. And uh, her, her daughter actually lives in London. And right now, it's about an 80% probability my daughter will end up going to college in London. There's still a chance she'll go to school in California, but most likely London. She says it's devastating, and uh, she is still not uh, over it and having a very difficult time with it. So I guess Leslie is more in the Sid Rosenberg neurotic school, Bernie, than um, That's than yours. crazy, because her, her daughter is uh, doing so well. As, you know, yeah, you, she's doing you, great, You're too. only as happy as your unhappiest child. That's true. And Leslie's daughter is very, very happy. And, and by all accounts, your daughter as well. So, I mean, uh, you know, objectively, you, both of you guys should be, you know, over the moon. Uh, no question. Uh, now, we talked about the North Carolina game tonight against Kansas. That's kind of a big deal, big week for sports. We brought that up in the 6 o'clock hour. Mets and Yankees open up Thursday. The Yankees will host the Red Sox in the Bronx at 1 o'clock. The Mets are in Washington at 4. Mets have some bad news. Their best pitcher, the best pitcher in baseball, Jacob DeGrom, out for about two months. And now the guy that just signed to a billion-dollar contract, Max Scherzer, maybe the second best pitcher in baseball. He may miss his first start this week, too, with a hamstring injury. They will determine that tomorrow when he pitches in a bullpen session. So, uh, kind of a scary start for the Mets. But outside of sports, 
uh, looking back to last week, and the big story by far was not Ukraine-Russia. It really did become the Hunter Biden story, and folks are still talking about it this weekend. Chris Christie talked about it on Channel 7, and uh, the question is, will the media, the New York Times, the Washington Post, CNN, all these liberal outlets, which have finally, two years later, and we spoke to Miranda Devine on the show last week, Bernie, and, and she said she has some, some, some sense of vindication. They finally come around to admit Hunter Biden is involved in this, but none of them, none of them will admit that his father, Joe Biden, had anything to do with it. And, of course, we know that if it doesn't go back to dad, then the story is one big dud. No, but that's where it ultimately leads. I think uh, what you're witnessing is, 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 is like going in the ocean in uh, you know May. The water's cold. You walk in slowly. And eventually it gets warmer and warmer. Nice. And it, it's not about Hunter Biden. Who cares about Hunter Biden? It is about the president of the United States. Was he corrupt as vice president? Of course he was. Uh, and, and is he compromised now as president? The answer is yes. I'm convinced it's yes. And they're just slowly wading into the water and feeling it out. And eventually they're going to have to admit that he is because that's what it's all about. It's all about Joe Biden and his corruption, as you point out, 10 percent for the big guy. Bobolinsky, all these uh, all these things on a laptop that indicate that he took money, he was going to get an office, and uh, you know everything. Of course, the uh, the whole uh, Ukraine thing, where he says, "Well, son of a bitch," you know, he he actually bribed them to have a prosecutor fired. We know that now, and so they're all coming around to it. It's, it's going to be slow, but uh, it, it, it inexorably is leading in that direction, where they're going to acknowledge Joe Biden. Is a is a crook. He's a corrupt, race baiting, piece of garbage, imbecile crook, and uh, they're all coming around to that realization. It's slow, but it's fun to watch. Watch them squirm like George Stephanopoulos yesterday, squirming with that guy Ron Klain, the White House chief of staff. Do you think there's any possibility that uh, that there was a conflict of interest <laughs> with Joe? Do you think? What do you think, stupid? I mean, come on. Of course, there was. Right, but he still tried to shoot down Chris Christie. When, uh, we'll play that later. He was all over that story. Ukraine-Russia, I asked which Lowry what he thought. I thought last week when people were optimistic about some talks, I said, no, no, no. He's just repositioning. He's getting his ass kicked in Kiev and these other cities. He's going to look to go north or somewhere where he can actually win. What are your thoughts moving forward, Ukraine-Russia? Oh, uh, w- w- Russia, yeah. I think he's going to try to solidify uh, the eastern region, you know, the uh, the, the separatist region which, by the way, the population there wants to secede from the Ukraine. I think that's his goal. He wanted this, you know, not to get too into the weeds, this land bridge from Russia to the Crimea. Crimea, which, of course, he took in 2014 under Obama, which uh, gives him uh, access to the Black Sea. You know, uh, so I think he's going to consolidate his power there. In the meantime, he's inflicting uh, savage pain. I mean, just unbelievable cruelty. These Russians are barbaric, bar-freaking-baric. And so I think that's what he's doing. He knows he can't take Ukraine. He's, his army has been exposed as the paper tiger that it really is. There's a b- b- bunch of drunken conscripts or whatever the hell it is. Uh, but he's going he's gonna to seize what he, what he can take in the eastern part, yep. and he's going to try to keep that. Now, will Zelensky agree to uh, he, you know, uh, cease hostilities? Uh, at that point, 
you know, when when he, he has secured the eastern yeah. region, yeah. Uh, that's a that's a million dollar question. Well, we'll need an award show to find out because Zelensky seems to like to make appearances on award shows and tell the world what's going on in Ukraine. Really? I mean, give me a break. He's worse than Eric Adams. Finally, uh, Jesse Waters is claiming tonight he's got an exclusive with Sarah Palin as she officially announced this weekend she's running for Congress. What he doesn't know, Jesse, is that Sarah Palin was on the Bernie and Sid show with her boyfriend Ron Duguay. Talking about, uh, you know, a little sexy time, but also about running for Congress. I asked her the question. I said, Sarah, are you willing to officially admit right here and right now with Bernie and Sid you're running for Congress? This was her response. Uh, I'm not going to announce that on your show. No, to tell you the <laughs> truth. Uh, I do. I want to get back in there, though. I want to get back in that arena. And I've said for years, you don't need an office. You don't need a title. Get out there and make a difference. And I hopefully have lived that out but there's a yes. time and a, a place and a season for everything and if, if the season is um if it's arriving where i need or can be more effective with a more official platform i'm happy to do it Duguay's instagram nice. is littered with stories of him and her walking the beaches together and it's a real cute little love story it's really story. sweet really yeah, is it is sweet to see yeah. two people you know at their age yeah, um, hooking up and being happy, and of course, they're both conservatives. And uh, I've said it before, I've had always had respect for Sarah Palin after she came out when John McCain picked her. Republican National Convention gave her, her night, gave the speech at the the RNC. It's a great speech. It was a terrific. She yep. hit it out of the park, yep. and the pressure was un- unbelievable. So she's a strong woman, a smart woman, despite the way the media in their Trump-like attack on her. And uh, anyway, yes, uh, as you probably were about to mention, Trump endorsed her over the weekend. And that should count for a lot in Alaska, where there are 50 people running for that particular office. There's one congressperson from the entire state of Alaska, 50 people running. Uh, There'll be a primary in June. Then I believe four candidates will proceed to the general election in November. And hopefully she'll be one of them. And Trump's uh, endorsement will go a long way, I believe in furthering that to your point alaska is in fact the biggest state in the union followed as you said earlier right again by texas at number two all right linear reports will come up next then gubernatorial hopeful rob astorino bernie's choice right now will join us at 8 40 we'll also play beat bernie in the nine o'clock hour it's been a great show bernie is back thank god and we'll take a short break and talk to Lydia right after this. Talk Radio 77 WABC. This is Lydia Reports on 77 WABC. Here's Lydia Serrani. Well, it's Monday morning here in New York City. And despite a judge striking down kids not having to wear a mask, I'm talking toddlers between the age of two and four, Mayor Adams quickly appealed it. There was a stay. And here we are again. The last people that have to wear a mask are toddlers. Meanwhile, the statistics show that actually it's the elderly. It's people over the age of 70 who are who are most susceptible. Um, they can uh, they can traipse around the city maskless and they can do whatever they want. You could be in a crowded restaurant. I mean, it is mind boggling. I have and to wear then, a mask course, every day on the ferry. What? They make you me do, wear a yes. mask every day on the ferry. Really? Yeah, you got to wear. Yes. Uh, on the deck, outside? too? What? On the deck, too? Yes. Wow, outside. That's yes. amazing. No, no, no. No, no, I stand corrected. If you go to the second floor, Bernie, outside, 
you don't have to wear a mask. But if you sit downstairs, which, of course, is inside on the ferry, you must wear a mask. And, by the way, they get crazy about it. Like, I fell asleep the other day with the thing hanging off my nose, and the lady actually came over and hit me in the arm and woke me up. She assaulted you. Basically, yes. That is some bullshizzle right there. You know what I'm saying, bro? (laughs) You should have hit her back. Well, next time. (laughs) That is crazy, though. Honestly, it's sick. It's stupid. They're going to lift this Title 42 at the border uh, so that the uh, immigrants can file in here despite COVID. They're going to lift all COVID restrictions. And yet we're going to continue with this charade that, that we have to wear masks on planes and ferries and stuff like that and kids. And by the way... Uh, you know, Eric Adams putting uh, jocks over tots and cops here in New York City. It's all ass backwards, and it's infuriating is what it is. May 23rd, that's when they're lifting that Title 42, which basically May 23rd? Means that, that's crazy. Yeah, so, that's like six so, weeks from now. No, no, the migrants. No, no, the migrants. Title 42 Uh-oh, is right. the migrants right, when they're right, coming right. across the border. The border. Right, right, right. So that means that that what that means that's a Trump era policy, which you would have to like undergo a process to actually whether or not you stay here. If they lift that, that means everybody and their mother can come. So if you thought it was bad seeing 160,000 migrants coming across, or 170, it was I believe last month, and it was two million for the fiscal year of 2021. Get ready to see those numbers double, and they're doing it just in time for spring when we always see the biggest mass invasion i'm going to call it because these are people that we don't know who the hell they are that's what they it is terrorists, it's an sex traffickers yeah. yeah that's what they are it's a, it's an invasion and then meanwhile this is what our administration is focusing on i want you guys to listen to the specific wording this future msnbc star aka jen Psaki, the white house press secretary use when talking about medical care for pregnant women take a listen Beginning today, as many as 720,000 pregnant and postpartum people across the United States could be guaranteed Medicaid and Children's Health Insurance Program coverage. What? Pregnant and postpartum people. Pregnant and postpartum people. People. They're using the word people. That's why don't be shocked about what Disney's doing. Don't be shocked about what all these people are doing. It's coming straight from the top. It's coming from the administration. They're starting the grooming right from there. They're brainwashing people. That's why you you have, according to that Axios poll, the Gen Z people, over 20% of them identify with the LGBTQ plus times 10 community, which we know is, is impossible for one specific age group to identify with a sexual, like to be, you know, part of a specific sexual orientation group. It's bizarre. It's bizarre because they're being indoctrinated. These woke tarts have gone too far. I mean, the backlash is coming. It's going to start in November. It's already coming. You already see it. Again, the Parental Rights Act, I mentioned it earlier, the stats, 60% of Floridians, at least 60% support the Parental Rights Act, Uh, 52% of Democrats, 52% of Democrats. People are sick of this. I think it's reached critical mass, and uh, there's going to be a backlash, and I think it's we're at uh, our nadir right now, the worst, and it's go- only going to get better because uh, we can't stand this. We can't take any more of this. You had the president last Thursday talking about uh, it was Transgender Rights Day or something like that. He's talking about uh, funding uh, puberty blockers for minorities, uh, for, for yeah. minors, excuse me, not minorities, for minors, and about the, you know genital, genital reassignment surgery for minors. The president of the United States... What the hell is he doing? And by the way, most Americans disagree with that crap. 
I mean, that is, first of all, it's cruel and it, 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 it's child cruelty. But even if the parents do it, it's child cruelty. Parents shouldn't be allowed to do it. You know, at 18 years old, I mean, uh, you know, how many decisions did you not have to make until you were 18 years old because you were judged, uh, you know, you couldn't make a, a, a competent decision? And they're going to allow kids to make this decision at 14 years old? And the president of the United States is essentially encouraging states to fund that sort of behavior? It is sick, and it's uh, the backlash is coming. I was watch. Did you watch uh, the Grammys by any chance? Did anybody watch any Very part of it? small part of None it. Of Very it. small part. Zero. None of it. I don't know one of these, I don't know one of these of acts. The... I never heard of these musical acts. I never heard of them. But I was waiting for like you two to walk on stage. Oh, I mean, I didn't. I didn't know any. I'm real. I'm officially old. Like yeah, I didn't me know too. any of these kids. And uh, Justin Bieber, he was dressed like in this. this the pants. fashion alone. Yeah. He looks stupid. stupid. Did you see how stupid he looks? Yeah. He's wearing, he was he's wearing, wearing a, his hat backwards. I'm like, I said to my wife, we were watching at the same time, Carol. I said, oh, at least he dressed up for this. He's wearing a hat back. I mean, it's the Grammy, stupid. Come on. No, I mean, he was wearing, Did you? He, uh, on the red carpet, he wore this hot pink uh, slouchy hat and then this suit that was like leather. 10 sizes too big for him. It was leather pants. And then his, I don't know what kind of, and then his wife was wearing basically a towel. These kids think they're so cool and they're just like, I don't know. I feel bad for them. I feel bad for this generation. They don't even know what class is, what glamour is. They have no idea. They don't even know what good music is. That guy, Little Nas X. Do you know who that is? Yes. He, the he does some kind guy. of cowboy thing. Yeah. He's like a yeah. cowboy rapper. He's I don't even know. Anyway, he, he, he did a song a couple of years ago with uh, Miley Cyrus's father. That was Billy actually Ray. pretty good. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. He was grabbing his crotch and he was talking about sex with yeah. this guy and yeah. that guy because he's gay. It's like. Why? I don't care what you do behind clothes. It's like, I don't know. I Remember when we thought that Madonna, like a virgin, remember when she was rolling yeah, down was on the stage? Deal. We thought that was so like, oh, my God. And now look. Now look well, where we are. Uh, Madonna, Madonna is still pretty filthy. I mean, she was humping the bed during the actual song, like a virgin, all the way so? back in uh, in Long Island. No, I mean, she's well, still, even today, that would be considered a bit risque. Let, let's not forget uh, we, we had, we did, push, push in the bush. We had that? Remember that? I do. Sure. Yeah, so uh, yeah. We, 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 we let's not uh, protest too loudly. <laughs> we did a push, push in the bush. Push, push in the well, bush. Well, we were baby. at least more subtle about it. I don't know. Why That's subtle? We? I don't know. Yeah, no, we weren't very subtle. I don't know. Push, yeah. I guess. Yeah. I don't know. I, I mean, I, I, would, I, I wouldn't know. start with our generation. We started this group of degenerates. You want to go back to your parents, your <laughs> grandparents, you know, uh, the big band sound and uh, crooners like Bennett and Sinatra. That's one thing. But we certainly started all these uh, degenerate behaviors with our generation. So we're far from innocent. I think so. Well, I yeah. don't know. Yeah. I don't yeah. know. They all look like Bernie the same said, to we, me. Bernie Everybody's and I were, like... Bernie and I were blowing lines to Tone Loke in 2003. You know what I mean? <laughs> What was, no doubt. Loke? what was his Col- funky Col Medina? That was one. What was the other one? He had two very, very big hits. Come on, Lou. This is Wild where you come thing. in. Wild, Wild thing. Wild thing. Yes. Louis from downtown. Louis. And, um, yeah, so <laughs> there you have it. So <laughs> Cats at night, 5 o'clock. You don't want to miss it. We have Bill O'Reilly today. I'm sure we'll be talking more oh. about Bill O'Reilly yes. is so pissed off about the uh, airline airport chaos that, over the weekend. He was live tweeting about it all day yesterday. Apparently, he's going on vacation. He was stuck in an airport for like 12 hours. So, so were my friends, by the way. They, they, they're getting a flight out today, Saturday to today. But either way, Bill O'Reilly was furious, furious that the transportation secretary, you know, the whole uh, infrastructure is imploding. 
Anyway, that's Bill O'Reilly. So I look look forward to listening to him tonight on your show. I'm sure yeah, he's going to blow John's up some show. steam about that. Yeah, and we'll talk about Ukraine. We'll talk about the energy crisis. We'll talk about everything that's going on in the world. Everything you need to know in one hour. When we have guests on, sometimes they're like, whoa, are you guys always this, like, pumping with adrenaline it's like yeah because we're trying to get the truth out we're trying to cram it all in in one hour because if you watch any of the other stations the, the main media stations except obviously for our stations wabc radio you hear such nonsense you hear such uh biased coverage so like jacqueline carl just said in her in the promo right before us at least here i i know people don't want to hear it and they think oh yeah right you guys are unbiased no we're telling you guys the truth we're telling you That's the right. truth, and of course, there's a lot of passion and feeling behind it, but we're telling you the truth. we got all the facts to back it up, so listen to us tonight, Cats at Night, 5 o'clock, and uh, you don't want to miss it. It's a great show. Thank you, Lydia Serrano and the Bernie and Sid Show. Grey's Anatomy, the most iconic binge-worthy drama, is back, along with answers to the biggest cliffhangers. Will Teddy survive? Will Joe and Link finally find happiness together? Meredith returns along with fan faves like Arizona. You can now stream every episode of Grey's ever on Hulu and new episodes next day. Watch new episodes of Grey's Anatomy Thursdays at 9, 8 central on ABC and stream on Hulu. Talk Radio 77 WABC. Let's do it. <laughs> You're funny. Yep. Yep, yep. The good old Tone Loke. It's a good one, I gotta say. Gonna be all fired up. 844. Gorgeous day today. Temperatures probably hit about 57, 58, and sunny. We're all waiting for the real nice weather to come with baseball season starting Thursday. But there's uh, a lot of important stuff going on, and uh, nothing more important than November. If you want to continue to have any hope for this country, then uh, November is going to play a huge part in that. And I think everybody, including Democrats, though a few will admit it, but some will, uh, expecting a red wave. And uh, we hope that's the case with the race for governor, too, because Kathy Hochul's a louse. She needs to get out. So whether it's Rob Astorino or Lee Zeldin or Andrew Giuliani, any one of those three will be in a much better shape. And one of those gentlemen, who's a very good friend of the show, is uh, on the line right now, former Westchester County politician, and a great radio guy, too, really good on the air, and that's our friend Rob Astorino, who's back in the New York Post. I don't know, you got a deal like Curtis Sliwa. Good morning, Rob. How are you, buddy? <laughs> I'm good, guys. How are you? We're doing good. Are Could you, be worse. Thank you. Are you upset today that the <laughs> Dolphins uh, sent Devontae Parker to the Patriots? No, because they've got the grace, the best receiving core right now with Hill, Waddle, and Gesicki is a, a tremendous tight end. So, no, I think they're great. They need, they need offensive linemen to protect Tua, and they'll be explosive. Okay, can you name the Dolphin coach? Oh, oh the nerd? The <laughs> yeah. I forgot his name. I can't even tell you what his name is. I know Brian Flores got fired. I'm like, yeah. I, you know. McDaniel, he's, like, he's yes. like a dweeb. He is a dweeb. That's exactly right. He's one of those yeah. nerdy guys, those computer guys. But, but of course, there's more important stuff to discuss in the Miami Dolphins. Right, Bernard? Oh, no, indeed. Uh, yeah, no, oh, yes, there is, Rob Astorino. <laughs> okay. Hey, listen, uh, it, it, there, there was an article in the New York Post yesterday about uh, your competitors uh, Repo- on the Republican side, uh, Lee Zeldin and, of course, Andrew Giuliani, that they're vying for the Trump endorsement. And uh, didn't make, make, make much, didn't make much mention about you, Rob Astorino, just to say that uh, you're not even on Trump's radar is what they said. But 
you differentiate yourself from those two candidates because you, you've proposed something that's really huge that these guys haven't broached yet. Tell us about that. Well, a couple things. First of all, Donald Trump and I have been friends for a long time. He's uh, given money to my campaigns in the past when I was running for Westchester County Executive. And we do stay in touch. And I don't put any room, I, I, really, these rumors I could care less about, including some of these polls that are completely whacked out. But there are important things that we have to be talking about. Leah Thomas, for instance, is in the news, obviously, and has been for a while. Uh, he's the swimmer um, in the University of Pennsylvania on the he? swim team. What do you mean? I, already you know, like, exactly. I, I was I, waiting for you. I was I, waiting for one of you to pick that up. Right. I already like that. Like, uh, beautiful. Continue, Ron. That's beautiful. No, you got to call her she. That's not right. No, 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 no. No? Uh, look, no. <laughs> when somebody gets out of the pool and there's a bulge in his Speedos, <laughs> I don't have to call him a he. Uh, well, there's right. a bulge a in, the onion, in the onion bag. There's a bulge, <laughs> as, uh, as Tommy Smite says. This is, I mean, this is the absurdity that we're dealing with, and you talked about it, uh, about Biden a little while ago with gender reconstruction surgery. The fact that we are having this discussion or debate, and there are people who think that this is logical, is is real crazy. And the fact that I have to say that biological men should not be competing in sports with biological women, the fact that I have to say biological is absurd. And, and this is about parental rights. It's about protecting women and girls and their sports. Now, I have two daughters. I have a son and two daughters, and I've coached them all in, in basketball, and I'm still coaching my, my 12-year-old in CYO, and I love it. And the fact that she – and she's pretty good, by the way – the fact that she may lose a roster spot or a championship or, or a scholarship to a guy – who is playing on her team makes me makes me crazy, and makes I know it nauseous. does to other parents too, and it makes no sense. You know, we were watching last night the the UConn South Carolina women's NCAA finals, and you know we we love watching these games together or going to some of these games. And I, I said to her, "Could you imagine if one of the one of the guys from the UConn men's team who couldn't play or was on the bench was playing for the girls' team?" And she said, why would that happen? <laughs> I mean, yeah. obviously, why yeah. would that happen? Yeah. But all he has to do is label himself transgender, and now he can compete. So I really do think we need to protect parent, uh, parent rights, but also, of course, the rights of girls and women who are being completely pushed aside here. This is absurd that we're even having this discussion in this country. No, we and agree. And talking about South Carolina, by the way, much in the spirit of St. Peter's, who uh, people fell in love with after beating Kentucky and Murray State and Purdue. Then they wore BLM T-shirts and came under fire. I don't know if you saw this last night. Most people didn't. It's women's basketball. But they did not stand for the national anthem, the South Carolina women's basketball team. They went on to win the whole thing, beat Gino Ariama and UConn, but they did not stand for the national anthem. Again, I think another blemish on uh, on sports today, despite the big win for the girls last night so rob no, that's I, disgraceful that it really is, is. and by yeah. so uh, what i'm what i'm saying is as governor i will make sure that this is stopped i will not allow uh, biological men or boys to be playing in women's or girls sports in our college system or in our in our athletics in in competition it, it it's we've got to we've got to speak up we can't be afraid what's happening with disney right now is absurd What's happening with this bill? And, and if anyone would read it, it's not a "don't say gay" bill. No, it's seven no. pages. It's right. do you want 
your five-year-old to be taught sex? No. Right. Just like I don't want him or her to be taught calculus. It's not appropriate. <laughs> yeah. But listen, at the end of the day, that matters if you're going up against Kathy Hochul. And we've had these conversations before, but, hey, we start talking about these elections well in advance. The truth is, Lee Zeldin feels the same way you do. So does Andrew Giuliani. Neither one of those guys is okay with men competing against women. So Have they I know, said it? I haven't heard them say uh, it. Yeah, Lee said it on this show. So, and, and they, listen, just trust me. They do. So at the end of the day, what differentiates you from the other two? You got to get past them before you get to Kathy Hochul. No, no, good question. So I think a couple things. First of all, results, right? I mean, we could, we all do agree. I would say you're right. We probably agree on 95, 99% of the things. Correct, right? so correct. What separates us? Number one, for me, it's results because I was elected countywide as a county executive and executive role is what we're going for. I had to deal with Democrats in a legislature, and I got just about everything done, never raised taxes, cut them. You know, we did all those things that are really important. And, and when I had to be a strong against them, I didn't, I didn't falter at all. You know, I went up against Obama and Eric Holder and saved our suburban zoning because they wanted to abolish single-family residential. It's coming back, by the way. I have been through those battles, have the scars on my back, and I'm ready to go up against them to save the suburbs. These are kind of issues that I've had to deal with, so it's results. People can talk about it. I also think there's a big difference, and this is, you know, people say, well, this is not fair. Of course it's fair. I mean, we're talking about our public records. You know, Lee Zeldin had his shot in Albany. For four years, he was a state senator in the majority with Cuomo, and was a reliable vote with Cuomo and for Cuomo on all the budgets. He passed all the budgets for Cuomo. That says, wait a minute, you know, this you cannot go along and get along. This is a huge battle to save this state. And, you know, if you're going to call Cuomo uh, wonderful, which he basically did, and said he should be president of the United States, which he did, if you didn't know in 2011, 2012, 2013, 2014 that Cuomo was corrupt, that Cuomo was awful, that the Cuomo agenda is, is the train that we're still on right now, then we've got a difference, a big difference. And so but, while I was calling Cuomo corrupt and running against him and calling out my own Republicans in the Senate for not changing course, that's a big difference between us. So that I is, think that comes into play, and that's a legitimate public debate that we should be having. Nothing personal. It's a public debate. Huge difference. So Rob Astorino, former Westchester County executive, just quickly back to the uh, banning biological males competing with uh, females in sports. I think the, the turning point will be, speaking of basketball, is if a white guy like Leah Thomas went into a sport which is dominated by black African-American females – and then tried to pull that crap, I think that's when you'll see the turnaround culturally. Everybody will say, no, 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 no. This is no good because, again, the, the optics of some white guy, uh, you know, barging into, uh, again, a, a, a black-dominated uh, sport like bas women's basketball would be too much for the, uh, well, for, for, for the minorities to bear and for everybody. But uh, back to the don't say gay bill, Rob Astorino. In fact, excuse me, the Parental Rights Act, I should say. Right, exactly. Why, why hasn't uh, any state legislator here in New York or, or Nick Langworthy or anybody put forward a bill like the Parental Rights Act and put these woke tards on the defensive? I understand <laughs> we have a razor-thin majority in the uh, state assembly. I mean, wouldn't that be a good idea? 
Well, no, we, we're way behind in the Assembly and in the Senate, but that doesn't matter. We should be having this debate. They should have the courage to put this forward. This is about parental rights. Uh, I read that seven pages. If anyone read that Florida bill, they would say, what is, what is the objection here? I don't get what the argument is. And there is none, and there shouldn't be none. And we should be talking about that. We shouldn't be afraid of this stuff because when we are silent, they win. And by the way, these crazies, they really aren't crazy. They're cunning, but they're dangerous. And this agenda right now is really dangerous, and we've got to fight back. And, uh, you know, I've had the guts to do it in my career and won't back down. And this is, this is an important topic because it's not, you know, some people get squeamish. Well, I don't want to talk about I don't want to offend anyone. No, you're not. You're not offending people. No. You're standing up for the rights of your daughters and, and, and opportunities for them. Title IX, we're now at the 50th anniversary of Title IX, which was amazing legislation. I mean, you think about, you know, 25, 30 years ago, there were hardly any opportunities for women in sports. There just weren't. Maybe a field hockey team, right? Other than that, they were, they were watching yeah. or cheering. Yep. Now they're playing, and they're in jeopardy of losing that. So let's just take the five worst men's, you know, the five worst guys on any team and put them on the women's team, and let's see how that is. <laughs> let's see about the public outcry. There won't be women's sports anymore. It's just a complete mockery now. So we, oh. we've got to stop it. That's a great job, Rob. But as always, a great job. And we look forward to putting you back on this show time and time again, leading up to the big election in November. And do we have any idea, well, it's way early, but any idea when uh, you'll be in the same room with just Lee and uh, Giuliani? Forget about this Harry Wilson, this clown. Uh, the three of you in, uh, in the same room anytime soon. What do you hear? I think there's a debate scheduled, I want to say June 8th for CBS really? TV and radio throughout the state. Yeah, I think so. So that'll be a lot of fun. Well, the, the bigger question is, good about CBS. You three need to be in this studio. We need to have an I'm official. You're, I know you're ready. I'm going to send out the, uh, the text to Lee. We'll get Giuliani, too. And I think there should be a, a, a very uh, debate right here with Bernie and Sid in the morning. Don't you think? I could be there by 930. I like it. I like it. He's ready to fight. Rob Astorino's ready to fight. <laughs> the Bill Blasio schedule. Hey, Rob, you're great today, buddy. Thank you so much. Thank you. All right, guys. Take care. Take care. I'm serious about that, Bern. You know, we've uh, you know we had other uh, debates on this station. I know lots of them do it in the afternoon. Katz has done a great job with that. But we need the very first official Bernie and Sid debate to be this one. It's such an important election here in New York. The gubernatorial debate right here on Bernie and Sid. This is the one. And uh, we, we have such close relationships with all three candidates. All three, right. So this is a no-brainer. And, uh, yeah, let's, let's get it done. All right, let's we'll get that today. done. All right. Also, reaching out to Lee Zeldin because now, Astorino, the last two times he's been on, he's talked about Zeldin uh, voting up and down with uh, Cuomo. We have not had Lee on to confirm and or deny that. We'll try to make that happen tomorrow. And next thing you know, we'll start a whole big war. It'll be fantastic. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> we like ugliness. We'll take a short break. More of Bernie and Sid on this Monday right after these words. We are New York. Bernie and Sid in the morning. Talk Radio 77. WBC. Yeah, this one right here goes out to all the babies. Mamas, mamas. Mamas, mamas. <laughs> Baby mamas, mamas. Yeah, go like this. Well, let's do it. I'm sorry, Miss Jackson. Ooh, I, I am for real. real. Jackson. 
Back here on the Bernie and Sid Show, heard everywhere on that 77 WABC app, simulcast out on Eastern Long Island, News Talk 107.1 FM. Also, on your smart TVs, on your computers at WABCradio.tv. You can watch us, folks. It's fascinating. You know, Sid, uh, we just spoke to uh, Rob Astorino, talked about Lee Zeldin and Andrew Giuliani. Uh, George Pataki's name has had been bandied about yeah. as uh, maybe a potential Republican candidate again, but... Uh, I saw him this morning. He's in. Uh, he's actually in Hungary. He's aiding uh, with the Ukrainian humanitarian efforts, and they asked him, and he flat out said, "Nope, he's nope. not running. No, he's out." So that is over and out, over and done with. Uh, but uh, interesting with uh, Rob Astorino. Yeah, we'll get Zeldin on tomorrow, and uh, you know, uh, last week also there was oh the fake news that the, 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 they were just hyperventilating over this. Uh, a January 6th commission talking about Trump's phone logs, Trump's phone logs, uh, all of them, all of them. Nora O'Donnell, Lester Holt, uh, your boyfriend, David Muir. Uh, play Cut 17. Listen to boyfriend. These, listen to these, these, these idiots, these fools. Cut 17, please, Lou. The January 6th committee's investigation is coming to a head tonight on multiple fronts with reports of a seven-plus-hour gap in President Trump's phone logs from that day. CBS News and The Washington Post have obtained White House records of President Trump's activities on that day, and they reveal a more than seven-and-a-half-hour gap in his call logs. We turned out of the House committee investigating the January 6th attack on the Capitol. That committee now uncovering more about the gap in the White House phone logs on January 6th. That there was a seven-hour, thirty-seven-minute gap in the log. I'll allow Richard Nixon. Get it, get it, get it. Yeah. Uh, well, of course, not true. Never happened. No, no gap. No nothing. Uh, but do you think they covered it as breathlessly? The, the uh, fact that there was no uh, gap whatsoever. They never even mentioned it. Of course not. They never mentioned it. So if you're watching, you know, you dutifully come home from work, you eat dinner, you watch the six thirty news, the network news the, on channel seven, two or four. And uh, you see that, you still think, yeah, there was a gap. Yeah, this January 6th thing, yeah, there's something to it. <laughs> Nothing to it whatsoever. Just another hoax, ladies and gentlemen, another hoax perpetrated by the uh, dishonest, corrupt media. And, you know, just uh, speaking of hoaxes, and it just it just sticks in my craw with the, all these uh, racial hoaxes. There's not, enough, uh, there's not enough, you know, bias and racial discrimination in this country to justify, you know, real... To, 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 for the news to cover. There's nothing. There is nothing. There's nothing going on. So you have all these hoaxes, starting with the hands up, don't shoot hoax, uh, all the way up to uh, the, the recent NASCAR news hoax and the Jussie Smollett hoax, all these things, these racial hoaxes. Not true. There was uh, one thing that the media breathlessly reported on, something that happened out in Sacramento, California, in a high school. Listen to the news report here, and I'll tell you about it on the other side. Cut 42. Well, this new tonight, investigators say that they've identified two students that they say wrote racist graffiti on a high school wall. Two African-American girls have been identified. This is a look at the graffiti written in pencil on the wall. This is a hallway at Rosemont High School last week. Of course, we blocked out most of it. Now, because it was written in pencil, the physical damage was minimal. School officials and offices were able to use the surveillance footage there on campus to ID the students. The case has now been turned over to the DA's office for possible criminal charges. So that was the retraction in Sacramento. But what, what I was looking for, which doesn't matter, I'll just tell you about it, the national news media covered this. Uh, what it said, what they wrote on the lockers was, 
all N-words must die. And that got widespread coverage all over the country. Uh, and it turns out it was two black girls. Mm. So whenever you see or hear something like that, like the NASCAR news hoax, all of these things, always have your antenna up. It's probably not true. Happens all the time. That was just the most recent example. And uh, I just thought I'd point it out because it really makes me sick to my stomach to see them trying to stoke racial division in this country. This is the best country in the world, which is why you have, you know, these people trying to, you know, they're, they're coming all around the globe to cross a dangerous desert and uh, come across our borders and the southern borders. They're still doing it despite all these reports of, of what a horrible country we are, et cetera, et cetera. Now, just for laughs, I want to digress for a moment. Uh, this Maxine Waters, I played this earlier, but it made me laugh, and that's good enough for me to play again. Maxine Waters at an event for the homeless people in California. Uh, it got out of hand. Too many people showed up, and she said something stupid, and somebody responded appropriately. I think it's funny. Take a listen to this. I want everybody to go home. And I want We don't got no home. Okay. That's why we here. Miss Mac, can you talk? Yeah. Miss Waters, get home. home we going to go to. We ain't got no home. Telling homeless people to go home, you that, can't make that it up. funny, man? Oh, you that no! It's brilliant, brilliant. I, I played it last week. Listen, she she is a um, is not only uh, nasty and has encouraged fights. I mean, encouraged fights, but she's also stupid. And I told you the story that on uh, Women's Independence Day, we had this uh, great roundtable here. I mean, great roundtable. Rita Cosby hosted it. We had AJ Katzmatidis, who's a very very impressive young lady. Love her. She was great. Joan Hamburg, Emily Pankow, our friend Janie Butler. If I leave somebody out, I apologize, but very impressive women. And we had this one lady, and she's like, uh, she serves with Eric Adams, a chaplain or something. I don't know, but she's very close with Eric Adams, very well-spoken, very, very bright. At the very end of this thing, they asked these ladies, who was like your real inspiration for women? And Emily Pankow said Ruth Bader Ginsburg and, um, you know, the uh, Janae, uh, Janae Butler, I think, said Harriet Tubman. These are all fine answers. And uh, this lady, actually, you can't make this up. She actually said Maxine Waters. I I, I looked at Matt Meany. I said, "Oh my God!" Uh, exactly. I sat there for an hour and I loved it. It was great. It was informative. Every lady was bright, including that lady. She really was. But at the very end, Maxine Waters. I was like, I just wasted my time. Well, maybe somebody didn't realize that Maxine Waters was the one who was encouraging violence. Uh, you know, she realizes it. Go out and get up in their face. Yeah, exactly. I mean, uh, is that somebody you admire? Yeah, yeah, she admires violence? her. Or somebody calling everybody scumbags. I mean, what? I'm sorry. You know, I mean, my mother does that, but, you know, it's my mother. <laughs> well, yeah, I mean, but nobody's saying I admire, you know, Sid's mom. Right, right. I love Sid's mom. She's great, especially Republicans. Naomi's great, but she's a politician, this lady, and she's just... So anyway, that was, I'll never forget that, that this, this impressive panel of six women. And at the very end, this lady who works with Eric Adams, Maxine Waters. That's funny. Stay woke! So, speaking, <laughs> speaking of unlikable wenches, uh, Hillary Clinton was on your boy Chuck Todd show yesterday. My boy meet, is Chuck Todd. My boyfriend's David Muir. Meet, meet the press. <laughs> you got a lot of you got you got, you got a lot of boyfriends. You're I poly, do a lot of polyamorous is what you are. <laughs> anyway, she. Uh, I mean, this lady must be smoking something that uh, I can't get my hands on. Anyway, play cut 13. Listen to what Hillary Clinton said. 
from my perspective, uh, President Biden is doing uh, a very good job. What? I think that his handling of Ukraine, uh, passing the American Rescue Package, mm -hmm. the huge infrastructure it package. Is. I'm not quite sure what the disconnect is between the accomplishments of the administration and this Congress and the understanding of what's been done and the impact it will have on the American public and some of the, you know, the polling and the ongoing hand wringing. So, I mean, I don't know what the, what is she? I don't know. He's doing a very fine job, whatever the hell she said. Talking about boyfriends and girlfriends, will you at least admit now that uh, you hey, made baby. a big mistake when you voted for Hillary back in 2016? When I voted for Hillary, that's funny. <laughs> Yo, that's funny right there. Uh, yeah, it was a huge mistake. It was a major blunder on my part. At least I can admit that. That was one of the big mistakes I've ever made. I can admit that, at least. Well, yeah, to your credit. And yeah. uh, you were very gracious in uh, defeat uh, that m the morning after. Yes. But here's the thing. I mean, she, she essentially rigged that election. Because uh, here's the thing about Chuck Todd and Hillary Clinton yesterday. Last week, and it was a big deal. The FEC, the Federal Election Commission, they fined Hillary's campaign for funding the Steele dossier. What is the Steele dossier? That was the basis, the whole basis for the Russia collusion nightmare that we had. The whole basis, three years this country was turned upside down. Special prosecutor, $32 million, and the election was rigged. And Chuck Todd, he didn't ask her one question about it. Speaking of your, your corrupt, biased media, that is an outrage. That is a, 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 such a conspicuous outrage to have this 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 crook on lock her up and not ask her that question. Just it's mind boggling to me. Uh, you're gonna get in touch with the Chuck and ask him about why he. Did I, that? I am going. I'm all kidding aside. I am, and I will read you his response, and uh, he'll gloss over it and talk about the basketball game or some football signing. But I, I promise you, I'll ask him. Yes. Okay, and uh, just one other thing. I just want to play this clip in case. Uh, I don't know. Maybe you played it last week. But this is a cut one, Lou. This is Joe Biden really encouraging just the, the, the most the most vile physical abuse on, on, on young people under 18. You know, puberty blockers, whacking off your wiener, uh, stuff like that, mastectomies. Cut one, please, Lou. The onslaught of anti-transgender state laws attacking you and your families is simply wrong. This administration is standing up for you against all these hateful bills. And we're committed to advancing transgender equality in the classroom, on the playing field, at work, in our military, in our housing and healthcare systems, everywhere, simply everywhere. Today, we're announcing even more steps, but there's always more work to do to end the epidemic of violence against transgender women of color and girls of color. To ensure transgender seniors can age with dignity, dignity what? to parents of transgender children, Affirming your child's identity <laughs> is one of the most powerful things you can do to keep them safe and healthy. He can't even say that. He can't even say powerful. I know. He can't even say powerful. And, and, and he's, he's saying encourage your kids to whack their wiener off, to get these puberty blockers, you know, to get their breasts taken off, stuff like that. I mean, it's really the most disgusting, vile stuff. And that's why there's going to be this backlash because nobody, the vast majority of people disagree with that type of behavior. It's sickening to hear that coming from the, uh, you know, from the president of the United States, the imbecile in chief. Now, I just wanted to play it just to document that he actually, this is what he's spending his time on. Last Thursday, while the world is caving in, inflation, crime, war in Ukraine, et cetera, et cetera. But while all that's going on, I'm going to obsess over Will Smith again. Because over the weekend, uh, you had this woman at MSNBC. This, her name is, remember the name, folks. 
She's going to replace Joy Reid as the most racist woman on TV. Her name is Tiffany Cross. This is what she said about white people and the Will Smith slap heard around the world. Play cut 22, Lou, please. I got to talk about this eight-hour gap in Trump's phone calls as hundreds of his violent supporters, to remind our viewers, stormed the Capitol, beat police, and interrupted the certification of Biden's election Okay, victory. you can stop it. Honestly, stop it. The... Stop it and play the right one. Go ahead. I did get a lot of questions from people um, genuinely curious, genuinely asking why is it that so many people were saying white folks sit this one out? I'll try to put this in context for, um, you know, our, our, our white fellow countrymen. As best you know, I don't can. even want to hear her and putting really, it in context. White folks sit this one out. Who the hell do you think you're talking to, lady? Uh, yeah, Take yeah. your sheets and go back to the south. I mean, seriously. Go get a cross and burn it on somebody's lawn. Well, well listen, it's, how dare you? It's, it's great audio. You played it earlier. And then I followed that up with something I saw last week from Whoopi Goldberg on The View, who also made this a completely racial incident, even though it was two black guys. And this is worth playing again, too, back to uh, back when you just played, Bernie. Here's Whoopi Goldberg on The View last Friday. I want to ask people why you think he would have indulged in Chris a role on a stage in front of three billion people. Why wouldn't he be the adult? I, I, I keep hearing that, and people keep saying people are going to, you know, think of black people the wrong way. Well, let me tell you, they should be looking at us saying, oh, okay, because yeah. he didn't indulge. He didn't. There's nothing wrong with what he did. So there's no reason for anybody to have any issue with black people. You have an issue with Will Smith. Yeah, but wait a second. But, 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 but hold on. Yeah. Based upon what, shut up. Based upon what she's saying, Will Smith is a black person. I mean, it makes I know no it's black on black crime, but Will Smith is a black person. He committed a crime. That's exactly right. But nobody's looking at it through the prism of race. Nobody. Nobody. They're setting up a straw man that doesn't exist for whatever stupid, uh, cynical reason because they're racist. Let's put it. Let's flat out put our cards on the table. These are some racist women right there, and they they have big platforms on TV. But that Tiffany Cross, she said other things in the past. She's looking to, to steal the crown from Joy Reid as the most racist uh, commentator on TV. And just on the Will Smith thing, one more. Uh, Bill Maher said something over the weekend, and uh, he pretty much put it into context the proper way. Uh, listen to Bill Maher. This is, you, you have to cut. Play it. Lou, please. Can I ask about alopecia? Because I must admit, first I saw the thing on TV. Mm -hmm. Then I go to the Vanity Fair party, great party. Then I, I didn't hear about it until then. She had, but you don't know she had alopecia. And I had heard this word, but it was vague in my mind what it was. Mm -hmm. So I went like, oh, well, that's a very different thing. And then I found out what it is, and I'm like, oh, no, it's not that different. <laughs> I mean, if you are so lucky in life as to have that be your medical problem, just say thanks, God. It's, it's, it's not, it's not life-threatening. You know, it's part of, for most people, 80% of men, 50% of women, it's part of aging. Aging is, trust me, I know. It's the degradation of the flesh. It happens to all of us. And, you know, just put on a f***ing wig like everybody else at the Oscars if it bothers you so much. There you go. That was the money clip right there, the money yep. words at the very end. Put on a blanking wig if it bothers you that much and shut up and don't cause this uh, stupid incident. Anyway, we all know that Will Smith uh, was, was handpecked. Both of them, by the way, were laughing at the joke before she decided, well, maybe, uh, maybe I take offense at that. But anyway, Bill Maher putting it into context. 
1-800-848-9222 on the Bernie and Sid Show. We're coming right back. You can do... All right, big one tonight once again. North Carolina take it on Kansas for all the marbles. Either Hubert Davis or Bill Self will be celebrating later on tonight. And despite the bad news, and it is bad news, no Jacob DeGrom for about two months, and Max Scherzer may miss at least his first start as well. We'll find out tomorrow. Bullpen session, how his hamstring is doing. Baseball season starts this Thursday. The Mets, a four-game series in Washington against the Nationals. The Yanks will host the Red Sox on Thursday, opening day. They'll take Friday off, back at it in the Bronx against Boston on Saturday and Sunday. And our very own Bernard, Justin Ellick, who uh, claims at least, and many, many times, mind you, that he's not only the executive producer of this fine program and was a great board op until Lou Rufino took over, but he claims he's my, and quote, our boss. Our boss. Yes, that's right. Oh, interesting. Yeah. Um, I'm not sure I would use that terminology, no, but you, you, Sid, that's, Sid does no, like no, to you, put no, words no, no, into no, my uh, mouth. Uh, you, you said, and I quote uh, many times last week, I'm your boss. Yeah, but it's you're not supposed to like really take that. That's more me just kind of busting your balls. You know what I'm saying? So you're my boss, but not Bernie's boss. No, well, I mean, listen, what I do here is I work for you and Bernard. So how does that make you my boss or Bernie's boss? Well, Wouldn't I be your boss then? Well, it doesn't really, but uh, right. I mean, you're just no, it does. It does because <laughs> they're, they're, it's analogous to uh, what I used to do for Imus. I was uh, for a long time, I was called the executive producer, yeah. although I had AKA a large Imus's bitch. <laughs> well, yeah, exactly right. I mean, he, he, I, he, I wasn't his boss. He told me what to do, but I oversaw a lot of stuff. Yeah. In addition to my massive on-air presence. Uh, I was uh, labeled executive producer for a long time, and uh, I think there was a reluctance to acknowledge the fact that I was uh, a bona fide on-air personality for a long time. So they, he wanted to keep that executive producer stuff, even though I didn't executive produce anything. I was, you know, writing stuff and uh, you know talking on the air and stuff like that. But uh, but still, e- even with that title, he bo- he he was the boss, not me. Right. And and similarly uh, with you, Justin. You oversee a lot of stuff. You do a lot of stuff for right. us. Right. You have the title executive producer. Right. But you ain't nobody's boss, bro. Nobody. I mean, nobody's boss. <laughs> right. No. Well, let's listen. At the end of the day. Maybe Luke Legrano. You may be Luke's boss. I don't know how that works. That hierarchy. Right. But uh, on this show, it's, hey, Dom, good morning, brother. How are you? Good to see you. On this show, it's uh, us two, me and Bernie, and uh, then Lou, and then you guys line up after that. Yeah. I mean, I don't well, care that, what order you want to put in. It doesn't matter to me. Well, that's literally. You could be Frankie Diaz's boss, I guess. Does Mike Garcia has to work on this show? He could be his boss. And, no, but no. I mean, no. I mean, look, that, that that's literally my job description. This is the Bernie and Sid in the morning show. Right. I work for Bernie and Sid no. to make Bernie and Sid that's sound as good as possible. Not at all what you said last week. Lou, I mean, am I crazy? Maybe I'm, maybe, you know, maybe I'm just going crazy, but. Yeah. Well, did think, you not, did you not hear? It. Well, both of those could be. Right. Excluded. That's true. You're, you're right about that. Exist. You're crazy. But did you not Justin. hear him say time and time again, quote, I'm your boss? Yeah, I think I heard that in some <laughs> formation, no. yes. He can say whatever know. the hell he wants. It doesn't matter. <laughs> I didn't listen too much to it either. I just listened. Yeah. But he's well, my by the boss. Way, so by the way, nothing, no, no, uh, no, no offense 
towards you, Justin. We love you. I think you do a great, terrific job. Well, thank you, Bart. Just wanted to. Uh, no, no, no offense taken whatsoever. Right. It, it, it's more just a running inside joke. Ever since, it's not funny. Ever since I was, uh, who, um, who's laughing at it? Oh, I don't know. Uh, who's, who even knows it's an inside I, I joke? I laugh at it. I, I go home and I, 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 I laugh up you, a cow. Listen, baseball season starts Thursday. I'm a diehard Met fan. So yeah. is Bernard, okay? Mm-hmm. But I, I do go to Yankee games. I enjoy I, baseball. is my favorite sport. My kids and my gorgeous wife, Danielle, they're Yankee fans. So, and Mitch Modell used to set me up like the king. So I would like to go to the Yankee game Thursday because they're home and the Mets are on the road. And you're going, and you never invited me. So that's how the whole discussion started. And you're like, well, you know, I'm your boss, and, and I'm going to go when you're not going to Right, go. but that wasn't – I got invited to go to the Yankee game. So oh. it, so if I were to invite you, I would be then intruding on, on whoever invited me on their – Oh, I understand. On their plans for the oh, game. Oh, I see. Okay. But there's nothing, uh, there's nothing stopping you from getting a ticket and then – Sure it is. I and then joining for. us at the game. No, I have to pay for it. That's right. Well, well, you were expecting me to pay for your ticket? Well, somebody. <laughs> Come on. I would have – Invited, you said. I haven't, but Bernie, when was the last time I paid for a, a ticket for any sporting event? I don't think it <laughs> that, that never happened <laughs> in your entire uh, in your entire. What are you fifty uh, seven years I old? I mean, right in now? all seriousness, uh, no. I mean, I used to obviously, but in the twenty plus years here in New York and in Miami, even. I never paid for a Dolphin game or a Heat game or a Panther game or a Marlins game. Never. <laughs> never. Hey, hey, look what I found on StubHub. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> never, never, never. And uh, I never will. 1-800-848-WABC. 1-800-848-9222. We need a contestant for Beat Bernie. That's right. That's why I gave out the number. Exactly right. Call in right now, and uh, you can play against Bernard. Your chance at cash prizes and tickets for the Yankee game on Thursday. That's a lie, by the way. But it'll get a, the phones all lit up, I promise you. Join us today during the Jeep Celebration event. Right now, get 20% below MSRP for an average of 15178 under MSRP on the purchase of a 2023 Jeep Grand Cherokee Overland 4xe or Summit 4xe. Not compatible with lease offers or with any other consumer and set of offers. 15,178 average based on 20% below average MSRP from all 2023 Grand Cherokee Overland 4xE and Summit 4xE models and dealer stock. Residency restrictions apply. Take retail delivery from dealer stock by 4-1. Jeep is a registered trademark. Now, it's time to beat Bernie. Bye-bye. Beat Bernie. Sponsored by Fearless Boilers and Pavilion Tankless Water Heaters. You think you can beat Bernie? Good luck. It's time to be burning. So I got on these tears, you know, and I just, um, I'm an habitual creature like mo- most of you folks are, you know. And uh, lately I've been stopping at a place by Wall Street for lunch. And it's uh, Joe and the Juice. You know, they're all over the place. It's uh, Joe and the Juice. You know this. So uh, they make a halfway decent protein shake. Very expensive, but not a lot of protein, but it's fine. But they make this like flatbread turkey sandwich with uh, cheese. I don't know why it's so good, but it's so good. And um, I did it like three consecutive days last week, and I'm already salivating at the thought of this turkey sandwich and overpriced protein shake coming up in about 90 minutes. I want one. Yeah, I mean, there are certain certain things out there that you're always in the mood for. Yeah. Can't go wrong there. Joe and the Juice. I I, I must have walked past those places in the six years in New York City. A thousand. Never, never walked in. Never thought about walking in. I feel the same way about Starbucks's uh, grilled chicken pesto. Uh, Who would eat that? Me. Oh, that's disgusting. It's delicious. I got a buddy. You know, he actually goes to, like, uh, gas stations and wow. orders food. He's got a credit card for, like, gas. Now that's excessive. My dad once gave me a Texaco card <laughs> and uh, would use all my cash for, like, cocaine and booze. 
So I used a Texaco card to uh, buy sandwiches, and it was so disgusting. Yeah. Guys still do that. Well, I mean, listen, you you can't go wrong with a, just a turkey sandwich. Oh, but sure if you can. But if you're going to a gas station, you're picking up, like, the Italian combo. <laughs> then, then you're like a psychopath. <laughs> so, like, getting a Wawa You got the chicken cordon bleu today at, at the <laughs> Gulf. I mean, what are you talking about? <laughs> Raceway gas for a chicken cordon bleu. Anyway, here is uh, Vinny talking about uh, New Jersey. Ridgewood. Oh, he's in New York. Ridgewood, New York. Good morning, Vinny. Good morning. How you doing, pal? Good. I'm pretty good. Why does everybody who plays this game select on the witness protection program? Like, are you at work or something? You can't yell or scream or anything like that, right? No, I, I said, uh, welcome to the peninsula. And the next time you go to La Sorrentino, go on a Thursday, Friday, or Saturday night. Why? When Sal Spatula is entertaining. Oh, I've heard they have a live music, right? It's very good, right? You'll love him. He's great. That's what I've heard. Okay. Well, I will do that. Thank you for that recommendation, Vin. Appreciate that. Uh, good luck in today's game. Here's number one. Appointed to the United States Court of Appeals for the District of Columbia Circuit in 2001, who argued and won 25 cases before the Supreme Court before joining it in 2005 and is currently the 17th Chief Justice of the United States. Um. God, um, uh, I'm sorry. Uh, you're going to be mad at yourself. John Roberts, John Roberts. Here's number two. Actor Paul Julian was the voice of the nemesis of Wiley Coyote, which was who? The voice of Wiley Coyote? No, no, who was the the Wiley Coyote's nemesis? Uh Uh-oh, um... Oh, uh, you know this. Come on. Bugs Bunny. <laughs> it was the Roadrunner. Roadrunner. Number three. On July 8th of 1776, the Liberty Bell rang to celebrate the first public reading of what document? This you know. Please. Four days later. The Declaration of Independence. Yes. Very good. Nicely done, Vince. Number four. In 1982, who's not guilty by reason of insanity verdict? led states to pass laws that allowed guilty but mentally ill verdicts. And I'll give you a hint. He shot Ronald Reagan. That's the hint. Um, yeah, that, whoever's yelling in the background got it right. Take, take, listen to him. Whoever he is, he's right. That's the Hollywood star, yeah. The what? No, no, he, 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 no, he was in love with Jodie Foster, but... Your friend is right, Hinkley, John Hinkley Jr., that's right. And uh, number five, what is the last name of two Ukrainian boxing brothers, Vladimir and 2014 Ukrainian protest leader Vitaly? No idea. Oh, really? I'm surprised. He was the heavyweight champion of the world. How about that? Klitschko. The answer is Klitschko. All right, Vinny got two right. Vinny won. Is, uh, is Bernard back? Bernie, you there, buddy? In the house, bro. How you living? Like a turkey on Thanksgiving. You know bro. what I'm saying, right? I hear you. Hey, hey Bernie, uh, I had my radiation in 2009, so uh, everything should work out. Don't worry about it. I appreciate that. Did All it right, hurt? There you go. No, I did. I That was the 44 sessions. Now they're down to only four at a time. But, uh, That's what I'm talking about. All right, well, okay. you need two right to win today's game, then we'll... Uh, We'll put you back on with Vin if you want to talk to him some more about that, Burn, Here's number one. Appointed to the United States Court of Appeals 
for the District of Columbia Circuit in 2001, who argued and won 25 cases before the Supreme Court before joining it in 2005 and is currently the 17th Chief Justice of the United States. That would be Mr. Roberts. Right. Actor Paul Julian was the voice of the nemesis of Wiley Coyote, which was who? Who was Wiley Coyote's nemesis? The Roadrunner. Yes. You already won today's game. On July 8th of 1776, the Liberty Bell rang to celebrate the first public reading of what document? Uh, the Constitution would be the wrong answer. Declaration of Independence. Correct. On fire, Bernard. In fuego, as Dan Patrick would say. In 1982, who's not guilty by reason of insanity verdict led states to pass laws that allowed guilty but mentally ill verdicts? Guilty but mentally ill. I'll, I'll give Ill. the same hint I gave the contestant. Yeah. He shot Ronald Reagan. Oh, Hinckley. That's correct. And in your chance to go perfect, but you will, what is the last name of two Ukrainian boxing brothers, Vladimir and 2014 Ukrainian protest leader Vitaly? It would be Washington. No, it would be Klitschko. That's right. Also the current mayor of Kiev. Bernie gets all five right today, beats Vinny by a final score of 5-2. to two. Bernie, once again, uh, talk to Vin. Hey, Vin. So, Bernie, I, I didn't have any problem when I went for my uh, radiation. I walked into a dark room. Good-looking woman told me to drop my pants hey and strap me to a table. And I did that 44 times. I did that, too, but it had nothing to do with radiation. <laughs> See what he did there? Uh, no, honestly, though, that's good to hear. Uh, so it didn't hurt or anything like that? Uh, just... No, not a thing. And, uh it, your body changes a little bit, you know, and of course you you lose some of your abilities, but uh, I'm still here after all those years. Well, uh, I'm glad for you, uh, very much so, and uh, thanks for the information. I'm not sure if I'm getting a, a radiation, but uh, we'll see. But either way, congratulations on uh, playing the game and uh, surviving this long and uh, thriving, as a matter of fact. God bless. <laughs> Thank you. Oh. All right, back here on the Bernie and Sid Show. We're going to close out the show, 1-800-848-9222. We'll be right back. Beat Bernie, sponsored by Fearless Boilers and Pavilion Tankless Water Heaters on 77 WABC. Talk Radio 77 WABC. I'll tell you why we're playing Pride in the Name of Love in a second. Louis Blasis, this is you too. Pride in the Name of Love. Come on. One man come in the name of love. One man come and go. You know what they mentioned in this song, Bernard? Here to justify. Uh, not really. They actually mention in this song, Bono does, part of the lyrics, the murder of Martin Luther King Jr., which, of course, and folks don't realize it, today is April the 4th, the actual anniversary of the Martin Luther King Jr. assassination in the great state of Tennessee. Wow. Uh, Under a blood-red sky. Is it right here? Yeah. Might be right here. One man here is this. One man, one man. No, it's later. Anyway, today is the uh, the anniversary of that death. So, 
Hey, um, look, very look. interesting. We celebrate his birthday, not the uh, the, the actual assassination. Right, right. We don't celebrate. I mean, I didn't mean to. We celebrate his birthday now, again. You know, well, what I said was correct. We no, don't what celebrate you said his, was right. Right. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah, okay. Right. I, yeah, we're walking on eggshells when you talk about stuff like that. <laughs> yeah, so. that's all right. Hey, uh, Luke, the Yankees, ninety-one and a half, over or under. I think I take that under. That's honestly. stupid. No, that's stupid. <laughs> Why is it stupid? Because yeah, it's stupid. They win ninety-five games every year. By Aaron Boone, by accident, wins ninety-five games. By accident? Yes. I, I no. Listen, I I don't think the Yankees are a bad team. They'll be over five hundred this year. That's not that's not for debate. But like ninety one and a half is a lot. All right, so you're going to uh, quickly just now like ninety one and a half over under for the Yanks. Over over. Uh, Mets eighty eight and a half. Now if the Grom and Scherzer are healthy, that's an easy over. Oh, Braves are tough. Phillies are tough. Mets eighty eight and a half. What do you think, Luke? Uh, that's that's an under. This team is going to get way too hurt, way too quick. I think I hate you. Uh, what about <laughs> you, uh, Alec? Um, I'll go with over. You know what's funny about what you just said? I'm with you, Justin. Bernie, uh, uh, hours ago, said this, and he's right. It's the same crap. The Mets go out there. They sign Scherzer to this billion-dollar contract. We're all excited about it. That's the best one-two punch since, like, you know, you know I don't know, Sieber and Kuzman or Matlack. And, uh, and, and now one guy's out for two months and one guy's out for at least one start. Who knows? He'll be out for more, I guarantee you. You're exactly right, Bernie. It's like the same crap with the I Mets. I swear to God. Here we go around in circles. God. It's unbelievable. It's I don't real, remember. It's, it's depressing. I remember a lot of sports from when I was younger, but the one thing I'll always remember is the first game ever at City Field. Yeah. They introduced everyone, and no one got booed more than the Mets medical staff. That's true. No, because every year yeah. they were losing guys. Jose Reyes. By the way, Eric Salas, who does a great job with Gabby in, in our um, TV department. I guess he's a big Yankee fan. He says Yankees under two, but he thinks they'll be a wild card team. So, but now the whole league makes the wild card, basically, right? I mean. Yeah, I mean, it's like basketball and hockey almost, baseball. Yeah. But uh, anyway, that's uh, you're going to watch a game tonight, Byrne, uh, North Carolina and Kansas? Absolutely not. No chance. Nah. I don't care. I have no interest whatsoever. What if Kansas walks out with Blue Lives Matter T-shirts on? I'll tell you what. I watched the <laughs> Knicks last night. Oh, you did? And Mike Breen wasn't even calling a game. No, it was Kenny Albert. But, it was just it's an escape for me, so maybe yeah. I will put on the uh, college basketball. Yeah, that game. was uh, Kenny Albert and Walt Clyde Frazier yeah. last night. Do you like uh, I'm actually hooked on this. I know Greg is on the same time that works at the station. I felt badly, and I go back and forth, but I love Jesse's show at uh, 7 o'clock. Do you? Primetime? Oh, Jesse Waters primetime? Of course. Yeah. Great. Well, I love Jesse Waters. I mean, if you like him, his personality, and uh, it's a personality-driven show. Yeah, he's good. <laughs> Excuse me. Uh, you can't help but like uh, the show, yeah. Yeah, he's good. He no, sent his uh, love to you last week. He's like, oh, man. He goes, uh, oh, uh, so you gave Bernie the day off today. I go, no, no. So I explained to him on air. This is on air what you've been going through. And he's like, oh, man, I, I love Bernie so much. I don't I don't remember exactly what he said, but that was basically it, right, Lou, guys? It was, I love Bernie so much. I love him so much. Wish him my best. And it was actually very, very nice. Very. Well, nice. That was very sweet. Now, yeah. we go back a long way. He used to book me on the O'Reilly show. He was a producer. He still went out in the street back then, but uh, he was a booker. Uh, that's how far back we go. And then, of course, uh, his uh, star rose, and he got a show on Saturdays, and I appeared on his show on Saturday dozens of times. I remember. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so, yeah, no, he's uh, – he. Uh, we are simpatico. Yeah, no, he loves Jesse it. Waters. He, uh, he was a man on the street for Bill O'Reilly. So last week he had uh, Piers Morgan 
do man on the street stuff. And I said, I said to be honest, Danielle said to me, it's one thing when a young Jesse Waters does that for Bill O'Reilly. She's like, but Piers Morgan's a star. How the hell is he the man on the street for Jesse Waters? And Jesse loved it. He cracked up. He thought it was funny. He's got a pretty good sense of humor. He's very um, self-deprecating. Oh, absolutely. He's got a great sense, a great personality. And yeah. he. He acknowledges he acknowledges that he has the most punchable face on TV. <laughs> I mean, he'll say that himself. That's funny. He, he's got a very smug uh, yeah, attitude, yeah. but uh, by design. By the way, he's still on the five too. Two hours before that, with oh, Greg yeah. and Dana oh, yeah. and that whole crew. I mean, he he, he him and Gutfeld dominate that yeah. show. I would say he does. Well, uh, no, Janine is on there now. She's pretty good. You know, that's true. Yeah. That is true. Yeah, yeah. She's damn good. And now 6 o'clock, I, he actually laughed because they put Juan Williams on at 6 now with Brett Bear. I'm like, thank God he's gone. And I thought he may say, he's like, he started to laugh. I think he agreed with me. <laughs> yeah. They, oh, they used to beat him well, up But, so but, but I, I'm, I'm, I'm always going to be mad at Juan Williams anyway because he was such a dick to you at the uh, debate between Trump and Hillary at Hofstra. Yeah, he said something stupid, uh, you know, something like, I'm anti-woman or yes. something like that. Yeah, she basically called you a chauvinist. Because I was criticizing Hillary Clinton. I mean, excuse me, she was a candidate. I mean, And, I, and I, a witch I, and a what, monster. What am I supposed to do? I'm right. not criticize the no. opposing candidate because no. she's a woman? Here's a new T-shirt for you, F1 Williams. Anyway, we're done yeah. for <laughs> Bernie, it's great to have you back, man. You sounded great. It was a lot Sydney of fun today. Arthur I love you. Rosenberg, thank you. All the love, man. Thank you for your greetings. 